Sup, ladies and gentlemen, Aklon here, of course, joined as always by Rurikon. Welcome to the Frozen Sodium Throne. This is episode five? I think it's six. six. I think... <laughs> Yes. I'm pretty like sure that. I'm pretty sure it's six, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll be sure to put that in the title. So don't you worry about it. You don't have to worry about <laughs> listening to us until yeah, we'll I was tell just you in the title. Like, what episode are we on? Like, it's, it's, it's so, it's so few, funny, but not that many. It, it's so funny that when you think about it, it's like we always try to say at the start of podcast, say the episode number. What does the episode number actually matter besides like seniority or anything? <laughs> it's like it doesn't matter yeah, at all. I, I, I mean, I think episode numbers are, so here's a genuine thing that I've started doing with my live streams as well as a test, because I want to see if the, this is the truth, but people like numbers, right? But people also love continuity, just from yes. a psychological standpoint, we love continuity. The thing with episode numbers is if you're already 10 episodes in, you're far more likely to watch episode 11, episode 12, episode 13, 14, because there's a sunk cost fallacy there, right? And that's why a lot of people use the... So there's a show, just... Uh, it's a show that have never taken a break. It's a League of Legends show. Damn. It has always run. It's like four years now, every single week they have an episode. And they label it... Season one, episode one, season two, episode one, you know, they have seasons, they have episodes. There is no reasonable thing that happens in that show that demarcates the end of a season and the start of a new one. Like, just yeah. nothing. There's no, but it's all part of that sunk cost fallacy. Because if someone watched the whole of season one, they're probably going to watch season two, right? And then it serves a different purpose. For those who haven't watched, they see that this show is in season four, episode 20, and they think, oh my God, it must be good. You know, <laughs> if, if, if it's already had four seasons, it must be good, right? Uh, it's so it's, it's all it's a weird thing, partic particularly when it comes to podcasts, because like I'll often listen to a podcast episode like 200 or whatever, even if it is a podcast that I haven't heard to before, just because podcasts don't necessarily have continuity. They're usually more about current events or some kind of topic that people find yeah. interesting so it's whatever but it's definitely yeah there's definitely like a psychological effect to it i feel like the numbers oh, yeah. thing is more yeah. um is more something that tends to happen in like let's plays on youtube where somebody sees yeah. let's play number 60 and they're like well i don't want to watch that i didn't watch the other 59 <laughs> i feel like podcasts a little bit immune to that but yeah oh yeah i don't know no definitely i mean for a podcast, it really is just that sunk cost fallacy, but then also the whole, uh, oh my God, it's been going for so long, it must be good. Right? We're starting to employ Blizzard tactics here with sunk cost fallacy, FOMO. Pretty soon you're going to get the 800% <laughs> uh, value pack on the frozen I, I, I already have. I already have the 800% value pack on my stream. Whenever people go. sub to my channel, that is 1,600% value. <laughs> Exactly. Dude, um, it's it's twice as valuable as the first loot box in Diablo Immortal. That's impressive. Yeah, and four times as expensive. I, I don't I don't know how we got to that number, but it is mathematically correct. It's, it's yeah, a hundred percent. It's just you totally just didn't pull it out of your ass or anything. Yep, me neither. It's no. it's this is all maths, people. <laughs> maths and science. That's how this works. Oh yeah. I mean that number, by the way, is so fucking made up, right? Eight hundred percent based on what? 
Because it's, uh, it's the think, value. It's the value of that cosmetic. So somebody in Blizzard decided this cosmetic's worth like a thousand. Well, it's not a thousand. I'd have to do the math on like whatever the price yeah. of it would be. But let's say somebody decided this particular cosmetic item is worth fifty dollars. Therefore, well, on, this is an eight hundred percent value pack. Well, based on quick math, uh, eight hundred percent value. Uh, the same chest that you buy on the store that also gives you 60 eternal orbs so 60 eternal orbs across the board that doesn't matter that that basically equals it which means that the best quick math that you can get to is that that cosmetic is worth about eight dollars thereabouts right because it's 800 percent increased value there you go so the cosmetic has to be worth about like anywhere from five to eight dollars but i mean it's a cosmetic it can be worth anything if i say it's worth a hundred dollars it's worth a hundred dollars it's that simple i mean and it becomes like a ten thousand percent value proposition what's interesting (laughs) is that i don't think blizzard has any other cosmetics that is that cheap right most cosmetics i don't know i didn't check the the cosmetics but just look at the WoW store. On WoW, cosmetics is $20, $25. So Blizzard is arguing that their cosmetic is only worth like 5 to $8 because the chest is $89, 89 cents, right? And that's an 800% dollar proposition. The So you see what I mean? It's a yeah. very weird sort of... Uh, I don't know what the fuck Blizzard was doing. You know, you know what you. you know what matters though. What matters though uh, is that according to the data from App Data, they've made twenty four million. Now I think that I've talked about this in the video yesterday. I believe that this is an extremely conservative estimate because in yeah. App Data, when I looked at it, they were like, "Oh, it's twenty million, and then um, five million downloads so far." And mm-hmm. they already announced in the first week or so that they had 10 million downloads. So it doesn't really, you know, yeah. doesn't really correlate. I, w- I would argue anywhere from 40 to 50 million is more like what the game has actually made. But that is yeah. the real number that matters at the end of the day. It's not like the Metacritic score. It's not how much you, me, or anybody else complains about it. What matters is yep. how much money did it make and how is that going to influence future games being developed at Blizzard. Oh, yeah. Because they, I mean, it's, at this point, if they don't develop like this, they're leaving money on the table. It's just that simple. I mean, the truth of the matter is that if you look at pure numbers, so uh, did you watch the, um, the, the, oh my God, what's it called again? Asmongold and Rich have a show. Allcraft. Like I, I actually, I, I was actually listening to it as I was doing my morning walk today. I haven't listened to all of it yet. There's some yeah. really good points being thrown in there, though. Oh yeah, I mean Josh Rife Hayes is just absolutely phenomenal when it He's when it beast. comes to anything game related. That guy has a clear understanding of how all of it should work. Um, the interesting thing uh, about what they said in Allcraft is um, so they were sort of arguing about whether or not this will happen to Diablo Four, and Quinn obviously took the position that Diablo Four won't be anything like this. And then uh, Josh sort of brought up the. Uh, deposits and withdrawals that you make from goodwill from your customers, right? So uh, every gaming company has this, the goodwill of the gamer. Uh, And you have a tank of that, and you can either deposit goodwill. This is when you bring out a really good game that doesn't have any, like, disgusting policies and monetary policies and shit like that. It is just a really good game for a really fair price. Uh, That is called depositing goodwill into your company engine. 
And then, of course, withdrawing Goodwill would be things like uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged and Diablo Immortal. This is where you're effectively saying, right, we know you guys love us. We know you're going to hate what we're about to do, but we think we have enough Goodwill left that we can sort of survive on this, right? We can apologize later and, and people will forgive us. Now, the, the worst part about that that I wanted to bring up is like, yeah. um, so a lot of us, the ones who've seen what Blizzard's been doing over the years, we're, at, at least mm -hmm. I would I would think that like, they don't have enough goodwill left in the bank to do this. But as it turns out, they clearly do. And I'm a thousand percent wrong, which is just ridiculous to even think of. I mean, it's not ridiculous that I'm wrong. The part that I yeah. find ridiculous is that they still have enough goodwill in the tank to, to pull something like this off and people to instantly be willing to forgive them as we've seen from since the moment they showed like the Diablo 4 presentation. People are like, oh yeah, Diablo yeah. 4 is going to be 100% different. Diablo 4 is going to be amazing. It's going to be immaculate. It's going to be perfect. And it's like, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure thing, bro. <laughs> um, so here's the funny thing. Uh, there's, a, there's an old saying that, that says success happens little by little and then all at once. The idea being that you can never know when your success is going to happen because for the first 80% of your journey, you will see little to no success whatsoever. Oh, so yeah. if we're doing this as a YouTube video, like a YouTube channel, uh, four years, five years, the YouTube channel gets 1,000, maybe 2,000 views per video. There's no success coming, right? It just doesn't look like anything's happening. And then suddenly there's a video that, explodes 200,000 300,000 views and then the next one explodes and the next one and the next one so success happens little by little and then all at once the same is true for downfalls it happens little by little and then all at once no company crashes and burns in one game right or even two games or three games it's all about you're consistently withdrawing goodwill from the gamers in order to bring out more and more disgusting business practices, right? More and more disgusting video games. At some point, the goodwill runs dry. That's now, like um, that's like that theory of World of Warcraft being in a managed decline, which you hear people talk about very often. Which you know, yeah, does feel like that. It has been in a managed decline, basically. It's just like, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I think Dragonflight is Blizzard's idea. Of depositing um, or, some goodwill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Blizzard is desperate to deposit goodwill. And I also think that Blizzard have... They've tried just about everything to make World of Warcraft more profitable, right? They, they've tried the whole, let's make our game super engaging. And we, we let the player log in every single day because if they miss a day, they're fucked. So we're going to really push this. It's not worked. It had the opposite effect. The more engaging they made the game, the more people quit the game. So clearly, whatever is in World of Warcraft isn't working. They're, they're not able to turn World of Warcraft into the cash cow that they need. The problem right? being and, that and, their focus is, like you're saying, is an engagement as opposed to fun. Exactly. <laughs> I, I I mean, we can sit here and we can literally disseminate because it yeah. is that simple. Uh, people will engage with something that is fun, even if you didn't focus on engagement in the first place. Right? Engagement is the ultimate way of ensuring that people will engage with your game because it's fun. Right? Um, 
But anyways, uh, this is, I think, Blizzard sort of realizing, okay, it, clearly whatever we've done, it doesn't work. So let's make World of Warcraft the game that once again gives us that deposit power. So it allows us to get more goodwill into the tank so that we can do more and more disgusting shit on the other end. Um, it's now, like, isn't it amazing just thinking of the company like that? Okay, we have to do some... It, it's almost like we want to go to heaven, so we have to balance out all of the evil deeds that we've done. So like yeah. uh, the the dragon flight, we're going to try to make that a couple of Hail Marys and all of this mm. <laughs> to make up for the complete disgusting sin that was Diablo Immortal. I mean, that that's exactly, I think, what it is. Because Diablo, uh, um, World of Warcraft also has the added benefit that if it has millions of players, that is an incredible community that you have at your fingertips for free advertisement. You don't have to pay anything to advertise to them. A new Diablo Immortal game comes out, or a new Diablo game comes out, you literally have it on the battle launch, battle net launcher. Every single one of those players that logs into World of Warcraft sees that advert. It's free. You're not even paying for it, right? Yeah. Um, so World of Warcraft is the perfect game for Blizzard to sort of bank uh, more and more goodwill. And this is also coincidentally why I believe that Diablo 4 is also not going to be a disgusting cash grab. Purely because Blizzard you, needs You got some serious hopium going on there, dude. I can actually I can actually explain why it isn't hopium. I'm, why I'm, look, I'm looking for a mask so that I can give it to you, but I don't have a mask here. <laughs> it actually makes sense. And I promise you, if people just sort of thought through it. They would 100% agree with me on this. Um, okay, so you're a company, you want to make money, right? Especially you're a modern-day AAA video game company. The player enjoyment, player fun really doesn't bother you all that much. What, you're care what you care about is the money. The bottom line. Now, yeah, it's literally the bottom line. And whatever you can do to fleece your players out of money so that it can come into your ba bottom line, that's all that matters, really. You've tried that. You've tried that multiple times with multiple different games, and it keeps failing. Other companies have tried this with their PC games, and it doesn't hit. It just, if you go a little bit too far with monetization options, there's such a blowback that it almost kills your video game. You know, and it just, it, so the line is so fine. And the problem is on specifically when that blowback does happen, the game dies and it never even manages to recoup its losses. So a great example of this is Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2, EA made a staggering loss on that game because all it took was one beta. It wasn't even live yet. It was one beta where people realized, holy shit, this is a lot of pay to win in this game. And that game was dead in the water, like dead on arrival. The, no the one thing, was play. yeah. The the thing is, that's a PC game, and with Diablo Immortalism, yeah. okay. So I get your point. So you're trying to make the point that with Diablo Four being a PC game, you know, I mean, not just a PC game; it's also console game. But I don't, um, I don't know, because I feel like a lot of people, yeah. because of the way that the market has been going down. Right? You got Genshin Impact, you got Lost Ark, all games that are exceedingly pay to win. Yeah, and uh, 
these are games that were widely accepted by you know yes uh you know, Genshin's also on mobile, but Lost Ark is not, right? Lost Ark's not on mobile. It's only PC no, as far as I'm aware. So, yeah. so it's like Lost Ark was widely accepted and widely defended. Like whenever I tell people that it's pay to win, they come at me like, you don't know nothing, man. You don't know. You don't play the game. You don't know. And it's like, yeah, sure, sure thing, bro. But never forget that they have changed the Western Lost Ark after its launch in the Western. Yeah, region. they made it worse. No, they had to make it less pay to win. No, no, they but that, that's that's the that. thing. According according to articles that I've read, most people say yeah. that it's actually worse than Korea because of the FOMO pressure, because of the fact that they released content at a cadence because, you know, they had like three years of content to pull from. So they released yeah. content at a cadence that kind of promoted, you know, you want to keep up? You better, you better spend some moolah, baby. If you don't spend some moolah, yeah. you're not going to be able to keep up with the content. They pushed it. And then the worst part is that they just came on. They bought, oh, we're so sorry. We messed it up. And then they kept on doing it because they don't care. They don't give a crap. <laughs> the thing is, they were under enough pressure from the gamers to actually make that change. Whether for good or bad, they realized that they had to make a change. Of course, this being an Eastern company in the first place, they clearly didn't understand that that would also not work because the outrage is still there. And actually, if you look at the death of Lost Ark, it's been quite heavy, right? That game have dropped after no, its launch. It's it has? No longer, I don't think it's anywhere near as, as big as it used to be, is it? Let's check out Steam I don't here think, I don't think it. I don't think it's that bad. Like, I think it's... I don't, I'm not saying it's a dead game. It's, it's got two hundred. It's, it's got two hundred thousand players. I mean, according to the Steam charts right now. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, but I mean, million, it's it's right? always gonna lose some. Like, you want to talk about death? We can talk about New World. New World died a yeah, disgusting I mean, death. Like New World. New World is a whole different. New World is a whole different <laughs> discussion, right? Like a New like, World. <laughs> New World thirty day gain is minus seventeen hundred players. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you go. They got Here eighteen thousand so, players in the last twenty four hours. Yeah, I mean, New World. New World is dead, but that's because yes. Amazon completely fucked up. If you look at the game, though, so if you look at Lost Ark's progression, it launches to over a million players yeah. concurrent. These, by the way, are concurrent players. Players, So yeah. keep that in mind. It then has a massive drop, and it's about half of what it was before, right? Uh, it's about half of what it was during its peak. Um, and it's actually dropping even further down. So if you go to June 30, uh, June 12th, uh, it was at about 800,000 players uh, on average. Um, and now it's at 200,000 over a 24-hour peak, right? So it is dying slowly, not... not So it's sort of finding its base audience. These are the people that's happy. Now, here's the thing. I don't, here's the thing. I, I wouldn't consider 200,000 players to be dying, though. That's the thing. I think it's like you're saying, it's averaging out the people who are curious about it in the first couple of months. Yeah. And it's finding uh -huh. its audience. I think 200,000 players is a pretty reasonable number. The reason I say that it isn't is if you compare it to things like Blizzard. If you compare it to companies like Blizzard, where 200,000 WoW players is the death of WoW. That's where Bobby Kotick pulls the plug. Because they have over 4,000 developers working on World of Warcraft alone. Imagine so, when we reach the day that there's more developers working on the game than players. I mean, 
It is possible, right? It is entirely possible. But yeah, so for World of Warcraft, Damn. for a company like Blizzard, 200,000 is the death of that game. It, it yeah. is just not sustainable at that point. You, The game costs way too much money. Now, of course, that's not true for a lot of other games. So people could uh, sort of point to Elder Scrolls Online, have a similar amount of players if you exclude all of the free, totally free players. Right? And I realize people say, oh, but that's not fair. Yeah, it is fair. We, we're talking about paying customer share. And if you exclude the paying customers... Uh, if you exclude the free players, has, not the paying you know, customers. If you exclude the the free players, you're probably getting to about 200,000 players for Elder Scrolls. Uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic, probably around there as well. Um, Final Fantasy obviously also has a sub, and it's the one game that doesn't seem to be in any trouble when it comes to you know actually it, keeping every time happy. every time i log in there's a queue my server is always yeah. full and it's like the 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 smallest eu server <laughs> so it's like we're doing fine in final fantasy that's for sure um but okay the point that i was trying to make with uh what blizzard is doing so let me explain to you to people that's still going but dude that is hopium okay so pc companies have sort of proven that it is nigh impossible to turn PC games into cash cows. It just doesn't work. The baseline community seems to reject it. They, they don't seem to be happy with it. What they have found, though, is that mobile games, when they're ported to PC, don't have the same issue. They, they seem to still work. People still play it, and some people will defend it, and people still spend money. So yep. as long as it has that mobile tag to it, it's fine and no one seems to care. Is my internet sort of jumpy? You're, you're looking good to me. All right, cool stuff. Um, okay, so that's the first takeaway here that people have to keep in mind. Mobile games don't have the same blowback as PC games. Is it... Like, has anyone ever asked themselves, why do most of the largest mobile games also port to PC on day one? Why is it that Genshin Impact is on PC and mobile? Why is it that Diablo Immortal is on PC and mobile? Do people really believe that Blizzard put it on PC for customer goodwill? Because people were so angry that there, that Diablo Immortal isn't on PC, that Blizzard just said, ah, fuck it, we'll put it on PC too. I mean, Blizzard was pretty adamant that it's not coming to PC. I have an interview with Wyatt Chang six months before the announcement of Diablo Immortal coming to PC, where Wire Chain said Diablo Immortal will not be on PC. Mm. Right? So they were to till very late in the development cycle, they were quite sure that they're not bringing this game to PC. Why? Why do so many mobile games now come out with a PC equivalent? Right? Shadow, Shadow Legends has a PC I mean, equivalent. I think the the obvious reason would be, hey, look, if if it's easy to port, and let's be real, they put absolutely no effort in that disgusting port. As you can see, if you try to play it with mouse and keyboard, unless you're using WASD, the game is nigh unplayable. It's really, really yeah. friggin' bad if you try to play it as a classical uh, Diablo-style thing. And not only that, but like you look at the screen, it's like tap to continue. Like that's how little effort they decided to put in where it's like, we're not even going to change this text string in the code that says tap to, to play. 
when we you could literally just type in click to play press any button to play it's literally just changing a friggin text string they wouldn't even do that they're like we're doing the bare yeah. bare bones minimum like i'm i'm guessing they might even have just like what is considered a wrapper it's just yeah. like you know uh, an executable file and then you just you literally just drop an app in there and it just okay now it runs on pc boom done kind of like uh, an yeah. emulation almost like running it through blue stacks pretty sure that's essentially yeah. what they did they're just like just put this in the wrapper pop it out boom done and the idea there is okay so if it's not that much effort if there's like 10 people that get the game on pc it'll be worth it yeah like, who cares it was no effort it was literally no effort you just put it in there done and then if those 10 people some of them actually spend some money great and then, and then you even have like obviously them putting it on pc makes it easier for streamers to play it as well, which is another, you know, source of income. I mean, just them putting it on PC made them $15,000 off of Quinn alone, plus like $3,000 or something from Asmongold. So it's like it already yeah. made its money back because for no effort, they're like, hey, we got $20,000, no effort. That, that's without even counting, obviously, some of the other PC whales that have been whaling yeah. on the goddamn game. I mean, some of the bigger whales are on PC. Mobile definitely yeah. has the biggest ones, but there are a massive amount of very, very big whales. Here's one thing that you're excluding from your argument. Uh, do you know of the consumer psychology field? It's a field of psychology dedicated to consumerism. I mean, understanding consumers. I imagine that right now that is a, a booming industry for anyone that is a psychologist, particularly in the gaming market. I believe that it was uh, in, a, in a podcast with Callum Upton uh, that Josh Triface was talking about that, how he had actually spoken to several of his like friends that are in psychology or something, and they were yeah. all being given massive offers in the gaming industry to basically mm -hmm. go in there and not, uh, you know, explore the psychology of how to make a game more fun, but explore the psychology of how to make a game more monetizable and how they can I squeeze have, more money out of people. Yeah. I have a friend that, that works for a, a AAA gaming company. I, I can't say who it is, but I have a friend that works for a AAA psychologist? gaming company. Psychologist? Of consumer course. Consumer psychologist. Um, he, he it's a booming industry, baby. <laughs> now, let me explain just very little... Uh, very quickly, what consumer psychology studies specifically. They study what makes consumers tick in, in its basic form. So how do you get someone? Basically, what they study is how do people go from being presented with a choice to making the choice to consume the choice that was presented? So if you see a chocolate bar, what is it that convinces you to buy the chocolate bar? Um, the, the, this is literally what they study. They, they yeah. try to figure out what makes humans tick. Uh, if you think that the colors on your favorite um, candy bar is an accident, <laughs> you're, you're, you're crazy. Right? Yep. It's not random. It, those colors were chosen very specifically to increase the likelihood of you actually buying that candy and bar. On this and on that on that topic, I should apologize to anybody that watches my thumbnails because I'm I'm well aware, and I don't do it on purpose, but I'm well aware that mm -hmm. the color yellow evokes hunger because I've looked up like the meaning of each color a while back. 
But the reason I use it is for legibility. I feel like it's more readable if you put like yellow as opposed to white. So I use yellow, but yeah. I know that yellow supposedly triggers hunger in people. So most people <laughs> that click on my thumbnails are probably like, man, I don't know what's going on, but I'm really hungry right about now. <laughs> I mean, in a, in a much lesser sense, YouTubers use the same psychology, the tricks that psychologists yeah, come yeah. up with for their own shit, right? Uh, in order to basically clickbait people into watching videos. This is a Dude, tried and true method. I need to get now, like a, I need to get like a food sponsorship or something. That'd be perfect, man, <laughs> with my thumbnails. A, a, a different part of what they study, which is also related to this, is future trends. So in other words, if I want to train someone to do something for the long haul, because sure, it's nice to convince someone to buy your candy bar now. But how do I get you to buy my candy bar for the next 10 years? And then also to convince your kids to buy the candy bar for the next 10 years. This is where consumer psychology really gets their money. You put This nicotine. is where companies pay fuck tons of money in order to figure out how do I make a brand, right? Because there's two different things. There's products. And then there's brands. Yeah. Brands sell lifestyles. Why do you think it is that every single advert for a candy bar or for a piece of food or for anything really is a lifestyle? It almost has nothing to do with the candy bar, right? You'll see this guy very happy. He has friends around him. He's very successful businessman. Take a break. Take a Kit Kat, right? Breaks the Kit Kat just to take that short break in between meetings, highly successful it's a lifestyle i'm selling you a lifestyle people who eat kit kat are highly successful which is actually not true a lot of successful people don't do that but you know nope. that's what i'm trying to sell you why because if you buy into that branding you have now become a customer for life i've, I've got you the same is true for video games and here's what a lot of people are missing so i told you i'm working on a video i'm probably going to do it tonight during the live stream uh, which will be yesterday for those of you that's watching. I think the, the podcast comes out the next day. But anyways, um, it would have been live already probably at this point. Um, all of those videos, all of those comments from people telling Gold, myself, you, all of the haters of mobile games or of Diablo Immortal to shut the fuck up misses the fundamental point that these companies are working towards because everyone says the same thing shut the fuck up it's a mobile game you guys just don't understand how mobile games work well why is it that all of the biggest mobile games are now porting to pc because if you want to convince the pc audience that this is fine this is how you start yeah you start with it being a mobile game but it's also available on pc and yes, it has disgusting monetization, but remember, it is a mobile game. And mobile games have disgusting monetization. So it's if the, we do this It's the boiling yeah. frog argument, basically, which is like they, they don't they don't just put like a, a pay to win game. They're, they slowly turn up the temperature of the waters, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's pay to win, but it's mobile. Relax, bro. It's a mobile game. It's not a exactly. regular game. It's just a mobile game. It just happens to be on PC. It's it's all you do. Yeah. And and yeah, but, if you think about it, yeah, companies have been doing that. You got you Genshin Impact. 
which, you know, followed it up with, I mean, followed it up. It was a different company, but it was Lost Ark comes in and Lost yep. Ark's not even disguised. Lost Ark's like, nah, bro, I'm pay to win as fuck. And I'm just a PC yep. game. And, you know, some of us are going to be mad about it. And, but it already has mm-hmm. defenders. It already has staunch defenders that don't even want to accept that it's a pay to win game and tell you guys what it is pay to win. Fuck y'all. I don't give a fuck. It's, it's pay to I win mean, as fuck. Yes. <laughs> it, it is. Right. <coughs> but they're not stupid. That's the thing. These psychologists yeah. aren't stupid. They understand us better than we understand ourselves. Oh yeah. They know that your brain doesn't make a real differentiation between this is a mobile game and this is a PC game. It sees a game, it sees these disgusting monetization options, and your immediate response is, fuck this. But now, 10, 20, 30 games in the future, you no longer go, fuck this, because now you are okay with it. Now you're okay. It's fine, leave it, you know, we've seen worse. That's basically what they're doing. They are preparing us for the inevitable. Now, Diablo 4... They're essentially... Like, listen, they're essentially grooming, you guys. Those of you who are defending Diablo Immortal and Lost Ark... It is grooming, grooming, yeah. So, enjoy it. Enjoy the experience. It 100% is grooming. And and the next game that comes out from these people is going to bring in a little bit of lube. And then the next one, you know, they're going to gently insert it into you. Yep. But then the next one is going to bring sandpaper. That's when you're going to start to feel it real bad. But, you know, because your asshole's already kind of used to it, there's like, ah, this ain't so bad. (laughs) And then the size of the dildo is going to keep increasing. That's that's how it goes. (laughs) We spoke about this last week, right? Uh, Where I said, what is the goal for these mobile, for all of these companies? It is the ultimate monetization. Yeah. Ultimate monetization is clear, unabashed, Pay to win, right? If you could literally sell items on your store that make you more powerful and you had no items in your game, that is where they would want to be. Pretty much. That's where they want to be. The problem right now is you can't really be there because even even mobile games that go this route tend to get some backlash from the community because what the fuck, right? Uh, I can't play this game at all for free because everything is on the store. Right. So people very people don't want to go that route yet, but it is a a preparation phase we're in. These gaming companies are preparing us for the inevitable. This is why a game like Diablo 4 is probably not going to have any uh, pay pay to win or pay for convenience items at all on its store. I doubt it. Here's why. Here's why. It does not have a mobile component. Uh, the game itself is is far too large to be mobile, so it, it's not going to come out of mobile, which means uh, Blizzard isn't going to take that chance. Because like I told you already, if you fuck up with a PC game, if you fuck up with a PC game, you lose all of the money that you had dude, spent dude, making the game. How how much has Blizzard been fucking up with World of Warcraft? How much has Blizzard fucked up with Warcraft 3? How much has Blizzard been fucking up pretty much nonstop? And people are yeah. still coming back. People are yeah, yeah. still but, coming back in droves for, for again, seconds. But again, track the changes. Blizzard fucked up enough that they announced Diablo uh, World of Warcraft Dragonflight, where they're canceling uh, all listen, of their engagement. I'm, matrix still not, mechanics. I'm still not convinced that Dragonflight is going to be a good game. Like, here's the thing. I'm covering, 
I'm covering Blizzard games at this point, mostly because if you want to be able to criticize something, I feel like you gotta, at least to a certain extent, play it, be aware of it. And to me, it's important to play it so that I can understand how it works. That's my, that's like my motivation to play Dragonflight. I want to understand it so that when I start, if I have to shit talk it, because I'm already going into it with a bias, I'll be real. I'm going in with with a bias. Like, look, I was somebody that went into Battle for Azeroth, all excited and bright-eyed after not having played World of Warcraft for ages. I was like, oh, dude, they're yeah. bringing it back. They're bringing it back to, like, it's almost it's almost like the, the Call of Duty thing. It's boots on the ground, baby. Look, it's, it's, it's the Horde yeah. versus the Alliance. It's going to be awesome. And it's like, no, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with any of that at all. Yeah. Like, absolutely zero. And I was like, okay. And then I go into I Shadowlands, mean, it, and I'm like, oh, okay. I'll, I'm a little bit less uh, excited about it. But, you know, I'm still yeah. able to talk about Shadowlands because I played it and about the mod dailies and all this bullshit that Blizzard did. Whereas if mm-hmm. I don't do it for Dragonflight, I'm not, I wouldn't be able to criticize it as heavily as I do. So that's the thing. You see, there's, there's, there's a difference between not being or being a good game and not being as disgusting. <laughs> so I that's the bar now. It's, it look, mean, it's, it's not a good game, but at least it's not nasty. <laughs> to be, I mean, to be fair to Blizzard in this regard, there are plenty of games that have no pay-to-win elements and never had indie games that just isn't a good game. You know, It doesn't have a yeah. cash shop or anything. It's just not a good game. It just doesn't hit. So it could happen with Dragonflight. But if you look at everything that isn't in in Dragonflight, Blizzard did kind of go, okay, fuck all of our engagement metrics, uh, all of that shit that we wanted to tie you into stuff and we wanted to make sure that you're logging in every day. We're removing all of it. Like, it's gone. You Uh, don't have to log in every single day. Uh, That is one of the things. I'm not not saying that that's not going to happen. I'm saying I'll believe it when I see it. So Ian did sort of explain in an interview how things I don't trust are him. going to work. All of your power comes from dungeons and raids, like all of it. There, there is no power out in the world for you to collect whatsoever. Now, let's take Ian at his word for now. I don't right? take him at their word we don't a have thousand percent. Like, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't take him at yeah, their because they keep lying. My, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my problem with just going, so here's my problem with just uh, sort of straight up going, you're lying to me. It's It doesn't leave a lot of room to even discuss anything at that point. Because yeah. if I just assume that everything you're saying is a lie, um, I, I can't really discuss anything, right? Because I have to basically start from the belief that everything you told me is a lie, which means the next expansion may not even be called Dragonflight. Right? It's not. Maybe it's gonna you lied be, about the name. It's going to be called Money Flight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dragon heist. So, (laughs) what I like doing is, and I I've done this pretty much since I started my YouTube channel. I like to go right, guys, from a personal perspective. So, from my perspective, I am taking everything this company is saying with a grain of salt, with a freaking wheelbarrow of salt at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But from a philosophical perspective, so in order for me to discuss things, yeah, you let's have to, imagine it. it's all true, right? So let's say everything they're saying is true. And also, the reason I love doing this is it sort of reminds everyone of the promises that was made. Yep. So that when we get to the point where people are breaking promises, I can go, um, I have 40 videos going over your fucking promises, right? So I have, I have them cataloged. And you are breaking every single one of those promises. 
Um, so, so the people can't go, oh, but they never actually said that. I can literally point to videos prior to Shadowlands where I show people what Blizzard promised and what ultimately happened, right? Because yeah. I have the video. I have the fucking receipts of it. So let's say that everything Ian says is true and this is actually what they're doing. There is no it'd be an amazing It'd be an amazing expansion. If all they're saying is true, sounds like an amazing expansion, depending on yeah. the content, of course. Like, the content yeah, has to be good. It, it can't the, just be like, okay, all of the systems are sorted out, but we don't yeah. have content. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't work. You need to have the system sorted out, and yes. you got to deliver when it comes to the content. So, yeah. Exactly. But this is why I said, you know, being a good game and being disgusting isn't really the same thing, because Blizzard could absolutely dragonflight could be not disgusting at all so it doesn't and have it any of the engagement shit, a good game but it's still a shit game because it just didn't hit which is kind of what my 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 worry is with dragonflight i do have a fear with dragonflight uh insofar as they've removed all of their systems because they heard the people hate systems what happens now right because uh, do you have enough content there that isn't part of a quote-unquote system to actually keep people busy because blizzard didn't listen when p i believe when people said they hate the systems it's not that people hate the systems it's not that people hate torghost it's that people hate that torghost is mandatory it, it's not so much that torghost is even, an issue i didn't even had too many problems with it. i mean of course it being mandatory is a pain in the ass but i think the bigger problem even was the fact that you had to do it twice that was the worst. And it, I don't even remember what yeah. the values were, but it was something like, okay, so first time you do it, it's like a thousand of whatever. And then the second time you do it, it's a hundred. But you're capped at how much you can get a week. So you have to do it the second time for those. It just felt exactly. terrible, dude. You're just like, yeah. dude, I'm going in for like one tenth of the reward and I'm still doing it. Why? It's so bad. I mean, but again, that's what I mean. It's those systems that exist, not not to be systems to engage in and have fun with, but to be systems that you must engage in, even if you don't have fun in it. Yeah. So I'm not sure how Blizzard is going to fall on this, but in order... Okay, so let's get back to the original point here. I think Dragonflight is going to be not even anywhere near as disgusting as Shadowlands, right? Yeah. No, not at all. Is it, again, it is taking the meta word, a, yes. Yeah, I think it's going to be just a meta... World of Warcraft old school experience. I think the same is true for Diablo 4. Because Blizzard right now is depositing goodwill. And they have also figured out something new. We don't need to fleece the consumer on our PC games yet. We can do another we'll mobile get, game. We'll get there, we'll get there in time. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they are working towards it. This is the whole consumer psychology uh, element of looking to the future. But I can't look to the future yet because if I brought out Diablo 4 and it was as disgusting as Diablo Immortal, I would lose. People would just not, would you, there wouldn't be enough people would playing. Would you Because like, imagine, imagine it like this. So you, I kind of feel like with Immortal, you've already lost a significant chunk of the Diablo fan base. Like, it, I mean, yep. at the end of the day, if if after Immortal you still feel like oh yeah Blizzard values me as a Diablo fan I think you're I, I don't know what to tell you right yeah. so I kind of feel what if Blizzard's just like well I mean look at all these whales we got with Diablo Immortal like there you need to understand there's genuinely people that are excited to log into Diablo Immortal every day 
Yeah. It happens. And they're excited to like, you know, pay for some loot boxes and stuff like that. Just the other yeah. day I saw a DM was interviewing a, a dude that spent like 50,000 or something in Diablo Immortal. And dude was just like, oh yeah, I, I don't care about the hate. I'm just like, cause he's, he's streaming it and stuff. And he's like, I don't care about the hate. I'm the best barbarian in my server. And I'm like, well, shit. You spent $50,000 on the damn game. You better be the best barbarian in your yeah, server. I, I would fucking expect to, to one-shot everyone in yeah. the game at that point, right? And, the, and, and I, I just think that therein lies the problem, right? There's just a certain group of people that uh, they, they're excited about this. They love the fact that they can pay to win. They're super hyped about just like using all of these stupid exploitative systems to just, you know, power up their character to the max and let's go. And I think that these people are fundamentally sabotaging the future of gaming. It's just that simple because it's like Diablo Immortal has almost no artistic value, if you think about it. And, and yeah. video games are essentially an art form. It's got progression systems out the ass, which for some reason we've been conditioned to just ex expect progression systems in every single fucking video game like people see a yep. shooter and they start thinking about what's the progression system on this shooter and it's like mother it's a shooter dude you pick up the gun and you shoot people like your progression yep. system is how good are you at aiming with your mouse that should be your progression so the progression system should yep. be the player's skill not like oh i can unlock the better gun with the better attachment Man, fuck that shit it's like oh yeah, yeah it's like it's, it should always be about player skill when it comes to shooters. Yeah. And that's the thing. People don't value that stuff anymore. It's like everything needs to have a progression system. If a game does not have some kind of a progression system that's constantly feeding you dopamine, then a lot of people mm -hmm. just don't consider that the game is worth it because there's no progression on it. And it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's all part of the conditioning, right? Yeah, that's exactly. not how games used to work. No. But slowly but surely, all games had a progression system added to it the first progression systems were actually very light and sort of very uh willy-nilly and then slowly over time more and more egregious progression systems took its place until the players were wholly conditioned to expect it to see it and it has to be there always which is you know th that's what they're doing to us now with with uh these mobile games coming to pc it is a slow conditioning process. It's getting us ready for the ultimate. Now, to your point, uh, will they, though? Uh, remember that most of the whales for Diablo Immortal are on mobile. They don't have PCs. They don't play PC games. So you have no guarantee as Blizzard Entertainment that all of those mobile gamers will even buy Diablo 4. They, they might not even spend money on getting a PC so that they can get Diablo 4. So most of the hardcore Diablo fan base left Diablo Immortal already. They're already gone, right? They, they, they're playing Path of Exile. They're playing yep. um, basically Actual any other games. fucking game. Yeah, <laughs> Vampire like, uh, V Rising, shit like that, because they're not interested in, in playing Diablo Immortal. So Blizzard, I think, realizes that the they don't have a leg to stand on. They, they sort of have to give the Diablo players what they need. And if you look on Twitter, uh, the, the GM for the Diablo franchise basically said that, right? He said, this is a full box price game. Uh, it's going to have a cosmetic shop anchored around a cosmetic shop, but that's it. 
we're not going to have any pay to win. We're not going to have any of this pay to win. And the, again, take them at their word because that's all we have right now. Uh, they didn't they say salt, no pay but, to win. They didn't say no pay to win for Diablo 4. No, but they did say anchor around cosmetics. So yeah, they could yeah, wiggle yeah. in other things there. But, you know, for now, like I said, take them at their word. They're not going to do I any think pay the, to win the stuff. Prob- the problem there is that, you know, when you think about the fact, you know, it's it's not just Blizzard anymore. It's Activision Blizzard. And Activision Blizzard has been more than happy to, like, you know, release certain Call of Duty games in a certain way. And then after the reviews come in, they're like, well, we're changing the rules now. And they just change right. the rules, you know? It's like, I'm changing right. the terms of our agreement. And they just stick I, the microtransactions in there, the loot boxes yeah. in there. They could do the same thing for Diablo 4. Like, they'll pump out review they codes for, for people that are reviewing it and whatnot. And the review will be one thing. And then, you know, a couple of days after, they're like, okay, I'm changing the terms of this arrangement right here. And now yeah, here's yeah. some here's some Diablo loot boxes and all of this <laughs> stuff. And it's it's just terrible because again, completely to me, the the one of the biggest things is how it violates like the artistic nature yes. of, of video games. It's just ugh, it's disgusting. But I I do think we are starting to see Microsoft's influence there. Overwatch, for example, the Overwatch 2 announcement. It's not uh, going to have loot boxes. Free, completely free, no loot boxes. This is very much, seems to be a Microsoft element to it. I hope um, so. If you look at Microsoft games in general, they don't come out with cash shops. There are so many games that uh, come out from Gears? Microsoft stores. I mean, Gears may- cash maybe... Shop. Maybe yes. recently, but like I remember when I played Gears, uh, not I don't know which Gears it was, but it was a Gears on the Xbox One, and it was chock full of cash shops, loot boxes, and all the same bullshit yeah, yeah. that you'd expect. I mean, uh, that's why I said in general, uh, because I think Halo has a cash shop as well, and uh, like heavy cosmetic stuff on the cash shop. I think Gears of War is also cosmetic only in its cash shop, though. But still, yeah. you know, it does have cash ups there. Now, again, this is where we could argue, well, Ako, there is a difference between your single player games and then your live service games, right? Games that is continuously trying to bring out new stuff, uh, of which Gears of War and Halo would be one, right? It, it, it is going to be supported for a very long time. So cash ups might make a bit sa- a bit of sense there to sort of help, help out with that. Um, but I do think that overall... Phil Spencer is quite invested in the idea of players not being fleeced. Uh, he has spoken about this before. Um, he does seem to be a true gamer, someone that really cares about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we could talk about the dangers of having one company control that big of a slice of the market. But all in all, I I genuinely believe that there is going to be some changes at Blizzard when Microsoft takes over in terms of this, where a a person like Phil Spencer, and this is something I said years ago, Blizzard should focus on making all of their disgusting money with mobile games. Like, bring out the the mobile games and just make them as pay-to-win as humanly possible and get your bank. The thing thing that bothers me about that is is the, the usage of IP. Because, like, the biggest problem that I even have with Diablo Immortal is not the business practice like look you want to make a a mobile cash in game dude go to town do whatever the hell you want i don't give a fuck i don't care like because yeah. have, have i been complaining about like you know 
uh any other mobile game like do i care about clash the of i don't i don't i don't get yeah exactly i don't give a fuck about clash of clans i just try to avoid yeah. i just try to warn my friends against it's like hey listen probably not a good idea because you're probably gonna end up spending a bunch of money for nothing but you know ultimately i'm not going around making videos about clash of clans why because i don't give a fuck it's like if blizzard yeah. wants to make a mobile ip where they fleece the fuck out of everybody dude go to town just don't put the fucking Diablo name on it. It's that simple. That's the problem that I have. Because that is when you are basically trying to cash in on a fan base. And that the worst part of it is that they're cashing in on a fan base that they have shat on for years, dude. Where it's yeah. like, they developed Diablo 2, and then it's like, you know, fuck y'all, all right? That's what you get. A big fuck you from Blizzard. You get nothing. You get nothing for ages. Then eventually they come out with Diablo <laughs> 3 and they fleece their customers with the real money auction house. It's like, fuck you, man. Because they, they intentionally nerfed drop rates, which was proved when they eventually implemented Loot 2.0, which actually yeah. gave out proper loot drops to people, which was awesome. That's when they made the game become good again, even though the story was shit and all of that. But, you know, the game yeah. itself was actually at least somewhat fun. And that's the problem I mean, that I have. They were also working on another... Um, they were working on another uh, expansion to Diablo 3 yeah. uh, after Reaper of Souls, and then they canned it, which I still believe to this day that that expansion is essentially what became Diablo Immortal. They just grabbed the assets from that expansion. Mm -hmm. They finished it, wrapped it around in a nice bow tie for the mobile market, whatever. Uh, and yeah. on top of it, I don't know if you if you saw the Jason article, Jason Schreier article back in the day, but they had another Diablo project called uh, Project Fenrir, which was basically yeah. them kind of like making a almost like a souls like of Diablo. And I was like, I can't believe yeah. you canceled that blizzard. What the actual fuck is wrong with you? That would have been so good. Yeah, but, but that, yeah. that was going to be Diablo 4 was yeah. going to be Project Fenrir, which is supposed to be this uh, isometric, not isometric, not isometric, this over the sort shoulder. of uh, third person, yeah. um, third person view of just action combat right i think that would have been phenomenal i yep. really do believe it would have been phenomenal although not quite within blizzard's style insofar as uh can you see blizzard bringing out a game that doesn't have any difficulty scaling whatsoever uh blizzard games are notorious for having the, the difficulty scaling right yeah um th they wouldn't they would probably not do something as hardcore as Souls-like games, and there's I mean, a reason for it. That's fine. It doesn't have to be as hardcore as Souls-like games, so long as it scales the difficulty, and then, you know, you can go to hell mode, and then it becomes more more challenging. It's just, yeah, you know... Yeah, well, I would thing, say there the is... The thing was, I feel like yeah. Project Fenrir was cancelled because they're like, well, we can't monetize this as heavily as something like Immortal. They're just like, well, yeah. I guess we'll just work on Immortal then. There you go. But I, I think, by the way, I think the same is true for Diablo 4. It can't be monetized as heavily as Diablo Immortal. And I think this is where Blizzard is going to... And I agree with you. I wish the Blizzard would come up with different IPs. But the truth is, there is power in their IPs. Oh, yeah. So Blizzard is probably going to bring out even more mobile games. And those games oh, yeah. are all going to be available on PC. Because remember, they are conditioning us Dude, to Arc eventually Rumble. accept this in PC. Arclight Rumble is going to be so still not fucking it. nasty, dude. I haven't played it either. I'm not playing it because, like, that's that's. I mean, here's the thing: even if that game comes to PC, I'm still not playing it because it's just the style of game that I don't play. Period. Mm. But that game is going to be so 
disgusting. It's going to fleece World of Warcraft what's, players so fucking hard. But Jesus what's Christ. interesting is that people who have played it say that it doesn't have any of that shit. Like, it's nowhere Yet. near what Diablo Immortal has. Yeah, sure. Uh, this could have been their I mean, sort of the people mobile who game played, that they're doing that's good. People who played, like, the betas and alphas of Diablo Immortal, they've reported the exact same thing you're saying. They're like, hey, man, back when I played it in the alpha and the beta, none of this bullshit was in it. It's like, yep, that's right. I mean, <laughs> there right. is a world. There is a world in which Blizzard decided not to make Arclight Rumble that disgusting in its monetization practices so to not hurt Diablo Immortal sales. Because um, if 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 Arclight Rumble came out and it was like just 100% pay to win, immediately all of those PC players that, that were hoping for Diablo Immortal to be relatively good would have been like, wait, it's going to be exactly the same as Arclight Rumble? Fuck it, I'm not even trying it. So it might be that Blizzard sort of went... Uh, okay, between the two games, we have more hope that Diablo Immortal is going to be the next big thing for us. So we're going to sort of dumb down the systems of Arclight Rumble, have a little bit of pay one there, you know, because it is a Tower Defense game and a mobile just game, just and therefore pay to win is fine. Of it on top, yeah, we'll so just a get a little it. bit of... Exactly. Sprinkle some pay to win in there. <laughs> and then we'll do the full pay to win we'll do with Diablo Immortal. Diablo 4, I think, is going to be just a normal PC game with cosmetics and all the rest of it. And yes, there's going to be a battle pass, but hopefully the battle pass is purely cosmetic because I do think Blizzard is sort of going, right, our money makers and also the thing that conditions players for the future. Because you have to understand, these gaming companies are doing 10, 15, 20 year uh, pro programs here. They're not, they don't care that they're going to make less money with Diablo 4. Because the plan is to eventually make all the money with Diablo 8 or 9 or 10 even. Oh. Right? Once they know that gamers that far ahead are in ready, advance. I believe that I believe that not in terms of like they know exactly what number of Diablo is going to be the one that brings pay to win to PC. More just they know that the, the PC audience isn't ready yet for full-blown pay to win. Yeah. Uh, it's going to backfire. So for now, we're going to see more mobile games with a PC port that has those disgusting monetization options because all of it is ready. I'll give you guys an example of how your brain fails to um, differentiate between the two things. This is why they're, they're also porting it to PC. Because in your brain, it doesn't know, oh, but this is a mobile game. It sees this, it's playing it on PC, and it sees those things, and it's going to get used to it. It's being conditioned to get used to it. Uh, a great example of this is um, a study that was done. This was, like I think, 2014, 2013. They did a study on the effects of credit cards on the brain. And what they did was they gave, I, I think I said this during live stream, I may have said this during uh, one of the podcast episodes, but they basically gave one group of people cash, called out cash, and another group of people the credit card system, right? And what they found on average is that the people with credit cards are far more likely to spend on useless shit than the people with cash, because our brains have evolved to understand I'm giving something away for something. So I understand the idea of 
this is what I'm giving away, and it's the sort of, this is the value of the thing that I'm give, giving away, and here's the thing that I'm getting, and it's the value of the thing that I'm getting, and are those two equal? With a credit card, your brain doesn't give anything away. You're not giving your credit card away, right? It's not like you give your credit card to the cashier and they snip it up in front of you and throw it in the trash. You, you just tap, and then you're done. So in your brain, there's no link between giving something away and the value of the thing that you're getting. Your that brain is, thinks it's That great. is the same reason why there's uh, different um, currencies in these pay-to-win video games is to exactly. disassociate you from your money. And it's like, well, it's not real exactly. money anymore, is it? Right now, it's like whatever. The, it's eternal orbs. Like, yeah, who exactly. cares about Eternal right? orbs are worthless, man. I bought those last week. They don't matter anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. That's why platinum exists. Because yeah, which this associated see, another layer further, yeah. Yeah. So I bought 100,000 platinum for say $200 or $100 or whatever. Now I see a cosmetic on the store for 50,000 platinum. My brain does not go, wait a second, this that's cosmetic $50. Is, is worth $50? <laughs> Jesus. My brain's just going, yeah, I have 100,000 platinum. Fuck it out. I, well, I can go. part with 50,000 platinum. Let's do this, right? Your Straight brain up. does not know. And we're talking your primal brain here, not your analytical brain. Because if you, this is why those cash shops also, uh, we were watching the Let's Go Whaling uh, on the live stream the oh, other day. Oh, yeah, I've, I've and, seen that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they actually say you don't want to give people time to spend money. You want to make it quick. This is why a lot of these limited time offers will actually have a thing that counts down. If it reaches zero, it disappears. It removes it from the store, uh, from your eyes, because it want, it doesn't want you to think about what you're about to do. It wants you to go, right, I'm spending it. Fuck it, I'm buying it. Great. Yeah. Right. Because as soon as you start thinking about it, yes, you'll go 50,000 platinum. I bought 100,000 for $100. This is 50. Fuck that. It's not worth $50. But they don't want you to do that. So the whole game rushes you, which means by the time you get to cosmetic choices, you feel rushed because the game is rushing you through everything else. Um, they are fleecing you, and it's for a reason, because they know how they're doing it. They have psychologists telling them what to do. We're in trouble. Uh, that's, yep. that's all I'll say. The PC gaming industry is in serious trouble. Um, and it's going to get worse. I'm sad to say it is going to get worse because these companies are building towards the future that they believe is the right one. They they believe that this is the future where, you know, a game can make $24 million conservatively in, what, two weeks of being live, right? And listen, can just I want, I want cash out. everybody to listen to this. This is why right now what you got to do is you got to go on Steam or on your PlayStation Store or on your local GameStop or whatever the hell. You need to go buy Elden Ring right now. Okay, just go and buy it. Then you can go <laughs> buy uh, Monster Hunter World and Iceborne. And then you can go buy Monster Hunter Rise. And you can go buy the Dark Souls trilogy. It's like, this is what you got to do. You got to buy the yeah. games that aren't fleecing you. That's what you got to do, man. <laughs> cuz exactly. I've actually I actually find it interesting cuz there's a lot of people that end up on this channel because of all of my Blizzard content, so they're not aware of my second channel. And so people are like, "Rurikan, you need to just like highlight the games that are good." And I'm like, "I'm already doing that 
on my other channel. <laughs> like that channel is just constantly highlighting games that are good because that's the point. Yeah. I'm trying to promote good games. This channel isn't oh, yeah. here to friggin' slam on Blizzard until they get their act together, which basically means I'm going to spend a large portion of my life slamming on Blizzard and not actually achieving anything. It's just um, not they're not gonna get their. They're not gonna get their. No, it's together. it's it's not happening. Um, the only way that that is going to happen is if something in the world changes. Now, those changes can look like different things. Yeah, uh, legislation, I'm, something like that, yeah. I lean more to uh, Josh Drive Hayes' uh, point of view when it comes to legislation insofar as I don't like it. Uh, I prefer when yeah. the government doesn't get involved. And the reason I prefer when the government doesn't get involved is because whenever government gets involved, it's usually a fuck-up. Because the people in government do not understand what it is they're doing. So you will and, often and here's find the input. here's the other thing. Not only they don't understand what it is that they're getting involved into, which was clearly proven, like if you look, for instance, when uh, the United States got that stupid guy, uh, Ajit Pai, whatever the hell his name was, to handle net neutrality yep. and how dude was just like completely trying to pass all kinds of bills to destroy net neutrality. And people are like, no, it, this is bad. And dude's like making memes about Reese's cups and is like, oh yeah, this is great. It's so funny. It's one big meme, isn't it? Dumbass. But it's like, the the thing yeah. is, it just shows you that a lot of the people in government, they just have no idea what the hell they're doing. But on top of it, there's another problem with this whole thing is that not only they don't know what they're doing, they're also easily corruptible. I mean, let's be completely honest. Government officials are the most easy people to corrupt in the entire world. You don't even, yeah. It doesn't even take much. Like, you can get some pocket change and just be like, oh, here's $5. It'll, okay, I'll pass that bill. No problem. Because, like, that's how they work. That's how they freaking yeah. work, dude. That's their business model. The politician business model so, is easily corruptible. You just give me money, I do the thing you want. It's that simple. It's a favor so, exchange, whatever. I will actually take the Ajit Pai uh, argument, but on the other side, I actually agreed with everything that Ajit Pai was doing. Oh God! Because I was I was one of those fucking useless people that read the net neutrality bill. Yes, I sat there for four hours and I read through the entire bill. It's only the name of the bill that that has anything to do with net neutrality. The bill itself has almost fuckled to do with net neutrality because the bill itself introduces regulation for what mobile or, or what internet companies may or may not do and all of the things that internet companies have to do in order to sell internet within the United States. Here's the problem. In order to make sure that you comply with everything that is in that bill, you need an army of lawyers to make sure that your company applies, like complies with every single element of the bill, which meant that no new companies opened up. During the eight years of net neutrality existing, two new internet companies opened their doors in the US because it was too expensive. You, you literally, because you would need more money for lawyers than what you would need for fiber rollout. Just, just to make sure that you're complying with all the stupid rules. And these were some of those rules were incredibly dumb. Like, for example, there, there were rules about how big your, uh, if you're a wireless fiber provider, for example, how big your antennae that you put on people's houses is allowed to be. And if it's larger if than you're a specific fiber thing, provider, what? Yeah, antennas no, no, an, for fiber? 
What? No, if you're a wireless. So okay, in the I, I thought you said fire. Provider, I thought you said fiber provider, and I was like, wait, antennas no, no, no. for fiber? I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> if you're a wireless fiber provider or a wireless provider, uh, so wireless fiber in South Africa, that's what they call it here. Uh, I believe they had a different name for it in the bill. I can't remember, but it basically boils down to the same thing. It's where you have fiber lines at the point of main connection, and then you have uh, antenna or satellites that connect to the main tower. So it's basically wireless to fiber, okay. right? Uh, so so it is wireless, but it's also fiber because once it gets to the main tower, then it's well, fiber. But, but it's like, here's um, the thing. You, you do need some amount of regulation for that because wireless signals are not like uh, neutral from a health perspective. Well, it's not just, I mean, you know, it's, depending on the intensity, they can have adverse side effects on your health. If you... If you listen to lawyers who actually, because after I read the bill, obviously there's a lot of legal words there, right? Yeah. Like legal shit. So I went and I watched a couple of lawyers speak about this. And every single one of the lawyers that I watched had the exact same thing. This bill is to protect large companies from competition. That's all it is. It basically protects large companies to ensure that no one can compete with them because they have the money for lawyers. They can comply with all of this. And here's the evidence that net neutrality was basically for large companies. The day net neutrality was announced, every single AT&T, Comcast, all of them tweeted out, oh my God, this is so good. This is so brilliant. The day Ajit Pai announced that they are actually removing net neutrality, all of these large companies came out and said, oh my God, don't delete net neutrality. Net neutrality is the best thing ever. And it's sort of like, wait a second. This I'm, not sure, I'm not sure about the AT&T. I'm not sure about the AT&T and Comcast kind of uh, feel like, like look, it's Twitter. been, it's been a long time since that particular Ajit Pai thing came around, but I don't remember them necessarily being against the Ajit Pai. If anything, wasn't no. Comcast even like, kind of like sponsoring him or some bullshit? No, 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 no. I promise you go look at their Twitter accounts, Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, all of them came out and supported net neutrality. They were like, oh my God, don't remove net neutrality. Net neutrality is for the good of the consumer. This is, by the way, why I read the bill. Because I saw these tweets and I was like, wait, I'm not following here. This is a bill that's meant to stop you guys from being cunts to your consumers. But now you're defending the bill that's stopping you from being cunts to your consumers. I don't get it. And that's when I said, wait, I have to know what the fuck is in Jesus this bull. Jesus Christ. So I read the bull. My life is a And alive. I realized something's not right here. Uh, dude, uh, anyway, there are many examples like this. Let's not go the, deeper into the <laughs> neutrality no, no, thing. I wish yeah, I hadn't the, brought it up. <laughs> the, the thing is that most people don't know this, and most people don't realize this, and this is why I'm scared to have the government involved. In come anything. in, yeah. I'm, I'm always scared of having the government come in. I just wish that companies would just be more sensitive about it and just be like, okay, let's let's see what is what is reasonable for us to get out of our user base, right? Like you and I, yeah. we don't start a stream and go like, oh yeah, let's uh, let's see if we can get I don't know friggin' a thousand dollars in donations today. It's like you don't start a stream thinking like that, right? Would it be no. great if it happened? Sure, it'd be friggin' fantastic. Yeah, but it's not awesome. like, yeah, it's not like we go into our streams like this. And this is exactly how developers are coming into these games. They're like, okay, we're gonna get some fucking moron that's gonna just like oh, yeah. dump twenty thousand bones into this piece of shit that we've made here. 
that has absolutely no value by any reasonable, uh, you know, expectation, but some fucking moron's going to fall for it. And we're going to fleece him for all he's worth, dude. It's like, I don't care if this motherfucker's not, you know, doing his mortgage payments. I don't care if he doesn't feed his kids. That's too fucking bad, dude. I ain't in the business of like, uh, charity It's like, it's whatever. Or if his kids steal his credit card to make these microtransactions, we don't care either. Fuck money's money. Right. That's what these companies are doing. It'd be great if they would just like yeah. stop and think about a more sustainable business model about how it's like, Hey, how about yeah. we just make a full game and sell them like we used to do back in the day? How about that? No, we can't do that. Anymore. You see the, the issue is, like you said, uh, I wish companies would be more uh, conscious of what they're doing. The, the issue is they won't. And this is where I'm in sort of like a catch-22. I don't want the government involved because whenever government gets involved, they tend to fuck things up worse than what they fix it. But at the same yeah. time, you have these giant corporations that could not give two fucks. Yep. Right? That, that will keep doing disgusting bullshit regardless of what the consumer wants or ultimately needs and that is exactly the problem um what do you do because it's not enough to say wow the consumer has to look out for themselves most people are too fucking stupid to look out for themselves yep. so you sort of need the government to step in and say wait a second you guys are going too fucking far um I don't know if you saw Tate Cruz, for example, wants to meet with a bunch of uh, creators and, yeah. and gamers and stuff to figure out uh, what can be done about loot boxes and what can be done about shit like this. Um, I would say that's a good start. Um, I'm, I, I don't have much time for Tate Cruz, but I think that's a good start. Um, to be fair, though, I have about as much time for him as I do for any other politician. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that is a good start, is reaching out to actual gamers and finding out what exactly is the problem. And then coming up with a solution is obviously a whole different fucking bag of tricks. It's like, uh, I do want to... Yeah. What about what about just like um, Belgium and the Netherlands? There you go. They're just like, get rid of them. Boom, done. Problem solved. You perform these practices, you're out. Like if more countries did that, it would just be unacceptable. Yeah. There you go. Boom, done. Problem solved. More companies just straight out ban these types of games because, like, hey, look, this is predatory. This is exploitative. Get it out. Yeah. Lost Ark, not allowed in Belgium and the Netherlands. Oh, too fucking bad. Fuck them. You know? You see, but now I, my I, problem I don't know is- if Genshin Impact is allowed in there or not. I hope it's not because that would make sense. Uh, and I was like, yeah, get out of there. Fuck them. I would say it probably is because I know Noble plays Genshin Impact and I also know that Noble is from the Netherlands. So oh. I'm pretty sure Genshin Impact is allowed there. Um, the, the issue, the, the main issue is once you give the government the power to regulate something, you give them power to regulate everything about that yeah. something. So once they can ban loot boxes, it's not long before they can ban violence, right? And before you know it, Elden Ring 2 comes out and it, it, you're throwing bunnies at other bunnies and they kiss and that's how you get points, Right, because there may not be any violence. You're not allowed to show violence. Um, you know, so that's sort of where I. That's my biggest fear with government is that it never quite knows when to stop. Because with almost all regulation from government, you have to rely 
on this fantasy world where the people that agree with you, so the people that think about things the same way you do, will always be the people that is in power, which is not always the case. So if you look at Italy, for example, in Italy, there seems to be an uprising of uh, populism and quite far-right leaders, right? The, the, the lady that is now poised to become the next leader of Italy is actually very far to the right. She is a staunch conservative, almost beyond conservative. Once she gets into power, what do you think she's going to do with all of the power that the Italian government already have? She, she's going to use it to further her own ideals. So if you're a liberal in Italy, you're fucked within the next few years, right? As soon as she gets into power. Um, that's why I'm always scared of giving government too much power because it only works so long as you have the government that you want. Yeah. Um, take the powers of the European Union, and this is going to be very scary, but take all the powers that the European Union has, and they have a lot of power. And imagine Hitler becoming the president of the European Union. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. I don't want to do fucked. that. Yep. But Europe is fucked, right? It has Pretty much. Uh, the European Union sort of argued about getting their own military. A while ago like they want a european army and one of the reasons i'm against that is again what happens if hitler becomes the fucking president of the european union now he has an army to basically force all the countries within the european union to do what the fuck he says and you might say well that's never gonna happen never is a long time right yeah <laughs> never is a really long time so I'm always afraid of shit like that. But anyways, uh, we've spent about an hour and 20 minutes talking about one of the most depressing topics in video <laughs> games, which is Diablo Immortal. <clears throat> I actually wanted to quickly get your opinion on something. Have you played Star Wars The Old Republic before? Yes, I did. Have you played it? Uh, I played the entirety of the base game as a smuggler. I love the storytelling uh i liked a lot of aspects of it actually oh yeah I, w I was just thinking about why did i stop playing star wars the old republic and the reason i stopped playing was when they went free to play it was disgusting they completely shredded the game with their free to play i don't know if, the, if it's changed since then but it was so heavily monetized that basically for starters i like my characters they had uh one point something million credits which at the time was actually a lot like now yeah. there's probably nothing, but at the time it was a significant amount of, of change. And mm -hmm. when the game went free to play, because I was like, oh, I'm going to test it out in free to play. They basically put all of my money in an escrow account. Yeah. They, they just like took like 750,000 or however much it was of that. And they took it away from me and like, okay, now you have a limit of 250,000. I'm like, okay. So when I spend this, do I get more? No. When you spend it, you then have to make more until it fills back up again, but you don't get access to the stuff that we took away from you. And I was like, so you made the game free to play, but in order to play free to play, you take my money away from me. And then it's like, yeah. yeah. And by the way, if you want to hide your helmet, that's a $5 feature per character. Or you can Fuck. get the $10 special and you will let you hide your helmet on all of the characters. And that was like a thousand other things like that. And I was like, yeah. dude, that is terrible and that is why when um ea announced that like the team that was overseeing the live service aspects of anthem was the swotor yeah. team i was like oh my god no 
That is so bad. So it's like their free to play business model was so bad that it made me not want to play the game. Eventually I came back to the game. I tried bringing a friend into it and it was so terrible because like I had played the game before. So they still give you some advantages. My friend had never played the game. So the funniest shit was like, my friend couldn't sprint. He couldn't sprint. So he couldn't keep up with me. Like, oh, shit. This is so stupid. This is the dumbest thing I, I've ever seen. Monetize it harder, why don't you? That's what turned I me off know. of the game. So I got sprint at level 10. As soon as I hit level 10. I, yeah. My character now always sprints. Uh, prior to level 10, you can't sprint. Um, I think they may have fixed a lot of their monetization. Yeah, I'm not have. entirely sure. So um, I... I the one thing that I don't like as much is the fact that your inventory space is very limited, but you can buy more inventory space with credits. Um, credits listen, is just listen. the game, the you wanna, currency. You want, you want me to blow your mind? Back when they monetized it, you had to buy additional action bars. Uh, you still have to. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if that is the, if Dude. that is something that I can't change yet. So or, <laughs> but now, to buy action bars, dude. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, you only have one action bar. Now, oh my god. Apart from that, what I will say about the game that I think is actually pretty cool is the fact that all you need in order to play all of the expansions of the game is one month sub. Just one yeah. month that you have to be sub, and then it unlocks all of your uh uh, even if you're not subbed afterwards? Yeah, even if you're not subbed afterwards, you get okay. access to all of the expansions. Uh, so basically, the price tag for the game and all its expansions is $15. The, the, that's that's about... Do you not have to buy the, the game, game at all? Uh, no, it's a complete okay. free-to-play game. Um, and then what people have told me is your, your sub actually does give you cartel coins yeah, in yeah, yeah. its exact value. So you do get... Uh, the cartel coins that you would it's usually currency, use to buy yeah. extra action, action bars and stuff like that, you get that with your monthly sub. So, yes, sadly, they do have a lot of what I would call extreme convenience features hidden behind the monthly sub. To now, give you an idea, say, well, one, of the, one yeah. of the jobs that you could have, uh, by uh -huh. jobs I mean like the professions or whatever, right? Like So the same thing, you'd have blacksmithing or something like that. I think it was yeah. called slicing or hacking. I forget what it was. But the idea was you'd send your followers out and they'd basically bring you back uh, crates of money. That's what that's all that thing was for. Like they'd, sometimes they'd bring something else, but they would just like bring money. And it, it wasn't much, but you could keep sending them out to get more and more and more. So that's how I got yeah. so much money because I'd be like, this was when I was still, I think I was still in school when I was doing this, or maybe I was working on or something. I, I don't remember, but I remember that I would have like the game running in the background and I just keep sending my, my dudes out over and over to get more crates of money. Yeah. If you're playing free to play, basically you'd send your dudes out, they'd get EXP. And then when it came to you getting the crates, it, there would basically be an option there that would tell you, okay, you can pay real money to get this crate or you can subscribe for a month if you want to get this crate of credits. And I'm just like, wait, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> so I had like this profession all leveled up and it was worthless and free to play. And I was like, this is great. This is fantastic. Ah. I love it. So yeah, they screwed I, me up pretty good, which is why I kind of like aggressively distanced myself from it. 
I haven't gotten to that part of like the massive gross uh yeah. like monetization yet of the game. Because I'm only level fourteen or level fifteen, okay. right? Yeah. Um I basically started playing it about a month ago on stream and then last night I got home really late last night. So uh I just logged in, started a new Jedi character, because my other character is Sith. And I just sort of tried out like to level fourteen. And I will say a couple of things about the game. Now, obviously, this is going to be very much subject to, subject to change when I do finally start running into those incredible pay-for-convenience bullshit. But right now, what I will say, it is probably the best single-player MMO I've ever played in my life. This is full voice acted from your character as well as theirs. You have an this is what's insane your choices actually do matter like yes last night last night i i i basically i'm at this village and the people in the village betrayed me now remember i am a jedi and the jedi basically teach you not to do bad shit i had an option i could either kill the villagers or forgive them i killed them moved over to the dark side happy days right? too bad <laughs> yeah i just fucking slaughtered them um, and then I also told them, and then the leader of the village sort of comes to me and she's crying and she's sad because she made a mistake. She really thought that this would save everyone and she wasn't sure. And I, again, sort of, I could kill her. I could basically tell her that she's an idiot or I could forgive her. I told her she's an idiot. And my guy just fucking slaps her. Yeah. He's like, Get out of my sight. Right. And again, dark side, let's do this. Right. So the game has a lot of choice within it. Even when you finally make your first lightsaber, the game actually gives you two options. So right at the end of the of the intro campaign, sort of, you get an option to the main bad guy to kill the man by, by, main bad guy or to have him basically become your apprentice. You you basically enslave him to be your bitch, if you will. <laughs> And if you choose to have him be your bitch, he teaches you the secrets of making your own fucking lightsaber, dark side lightsaber, yeah. right? Shit There's, like this. It's an MO, the, the one, but it has the one these thing, incredible decisions. The one thing that I feel like there were some problems um, was the fact that you couldn't really be, uh, when I was playing it, that is, I mean, I'm sure that they've changed this by now, but at the mm -hmm. time that I was playing it, you couldn't really be, kind of like a gray character. It's like a character that chooses between light side or dark side because there was specific gear that required yeah. a certain amount of light side alignment or dark side alignment. And the higher you yeah. would go, the better that gear would be. And because yeah. of the fact that me playing as a smuggler, a lot, you know, that that's when you're like, dude, I'm a gray character. I'm a smuggler. So like this dude, I don't like him. I'm killing him. These dudes I'm like, okay with, so I'm not killing him, right? So that was cool. And the fact that I was playing as a gray character meant that I could also not equip some of the most powerful gear that was available at the time. And I was like, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> From what I've read, uh, playing neutral is the same as in most CRPGs. So anyone that's sort of familiar with the CRPG genre will know that true neutral is one of the hardest ways to play the game. Yeah. Because it's easy to play like, true good or lawful good or chaotic good even it's easy to play chaotic evil and all that but true neutral 
is fucking hard to play because your decisions are are so precise and if you make the wrong decision it could go against what you believe and and that could create some trouble and turmoil for you yeah so it, it's a it's a mess to play true neutral but it's like i, I wasn't they, trying to play true neutral that's the thing i'm just trying to play like okay what would i do in this situation okay in this situation yeah. you're dead is that simple in this situation it's fine it's whatever so yeah that's the way that i was playing and sometimes it would cause me to go into light sometimes it would cause me to go into dark but i would mm-hmm. never go deep enough to be able to uh, equip the more powerful gear. And that was very frustrating. Yeah. But, you know, actually, I was just reminded of something while you were talking mm-hmm. about it. You know, it was one of the worst things about the their move to free to play. Yeah. It was you would get, and this they might have changed, you would get three loot rolls a week. So that means you go into a dungeon, you roll on yeah. an item, that's one. Doesn't matter if you get the item, you used one of your weekly rolls, and you would get three, three weekly loot rolls. And what happens if it up? You just don't get the items. You just don't get to roll anymore. You don't even get to so, roll. So the only time you can get gear is if no one else wants the gear. I don't even think that you can get the gear at all because you don't get to roll on it. I mean, again, I don't know if they've changed this or not. This was the way that it was when they initially did it, and it was Jesus Christ. I mean, I I'm probably gonna keep playing it just for the story. I'm not. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, because like story. the sto- the story is, is definitely worth it. Like I love the smuggler story. It was amazing. Like I had to go on a, this adventure to get my ship back because somebody stole my ship, and there were all of yeah. these things going around it, and it was really really fun. I loved it, and I actually played with a friend of mine who was playing like a commando. So that oh, was yeah? cool because, like, he saw my story, I saw his story. Because you could be a guest, and you can do this in Swotor. You can be a guest yeah. in somebody's story, and yeah. you can just basically watch. And your character's there. It's not like it's just you're just watching cutscenes. No, your character is there. And when there's a combat, your character jumps in and helps him out. It's just he's the one who gets to make the decisions. But there's yeah. also the the whole thing where you know cer- certain dungeons, at least back when I played, there would also be decisions that you could make in the dungeon itself. And basically, it's mm-hmm. a group vote. So everybody votes, yeah. and whoever rolls the highest, their decision goes or something like that. It was cool. I think I think they changed that, if Aww. I'm not mistaken. I think they I haven't done a dungeon yet, but I remember there being a lot of outrage around the dungeon group choice system because people would be forced into choices that they themselves didn't want to make. Well, that's right? too bad. Um, yeah, but that's sort of the thing, right? In a game where your decisions matter, now you're forcing me into a no, choice that like, I didn't make. People I don't would think be- that I don't think that in dungeons th- those decisions mattered for like the dungeon cutscenes, and then on the actual story, I don't think it was that big of a deal. Yeah, but for RP players, like genuine RP players, that yeah. would fucking matter, right? And I think they changed that. I think they realized that it creates just too much fucking turmoil. Because if the group made a decision that, that one person didn't agree with, they would quit the party. Just be like, fuck yeah. it, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm not going to be here for this. Uh, basically taking RP to the next level, right? Uh, you don't agree with your hunting party, you fuck off and you go do it yourself. Um, they have effectively, from what I can tell, based on the interviews from the lead developer of the game, uh, they've embraced the single-player aspect of the game. They, they basically know that Star Wars The Old Republic is a single-player game. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. They, they don't market it really anymore as a true MMO. 
It's more a single-player game with some MMO elements, if you want it. You have companions. You have your own fucking yep. spaceship eventually in the game. So I'm looking forward... That's at, that's to at level 20, the by the way. So if you're close to level 20, that's when you get your spaceship. Nice. I know I'm getting my speedster at level 20. So I'm really looking oh, forward the, to that. Oh, the, the little mount thing that lets you yeah, run yeah, around. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. But no, I, I just sort of wanted to bring it up. Uh, and here's, here if you've and you want to know it. you want to know a really cool thing about your spaceship? You can have yeah. friends on your spaceship. So it's like it's not only just like because, wow. for instance, my friend, right? He was a commando, so he'd have access to, you know, like whatever Republican starship a commando would have. But because I was a smuggler, obviously I had something that was very closely resembling the Millennium Falcon from Han Solo. So we'd always yeah. come and hang out in my ship because it's, it's like <laughs> the coolest ship. And it's cool because like you can, you, you know, when you get your ship, you're going to be able to travel to different star systems and stuff. And yeah. basically your friends can travel with you and you can go on the star system and then you can all exit from the same ship. It's really, really cool. Like he can also, Fuck once that. he's in the star system, he can just call his own ship to come get him and whatnot. But it's cool that Shit. you can actually just straight up go on an adventure with someone in the same ship and you can all hang on stuff. Oh, yeah. It was it was legit. Dude, I'm looking I'm looking forward to getting there. Um yeah. dude, I just want to see the story. Really, and you can if, if you anything. can romance your companions too. I heard that. I yeah. heard that. I'm not I'm not sure if you can have sex like in other Bioware games. Yes. But I do know can you have sex? I think yes. If I seem to remember that, yes, you can have sex. Fuck I mean, it's no, so it's they, obviously they, they, they it's them. obviously the whole thing where it's like you know, camera zooms in and zooms out, yeah, and yeah. you know, it's not it's like camera. It's not like yeah. press X to thrust. <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not how it goes. But yeah, I yeah. seem to remember that you could have sex with your companions, and it, it can get sort of if you're it. a Sith, it can get really friggin' kinky if I remember, because <laughs> you can basically like enslave like i think that these oh my god the sith had like a twilight a twilight companion or something but yeah and and it's not it's not like okay there's one romance choice like if this was back when i was playing it you had at least like two or three romantic choices like i think yeah. it was maybe two straight and one homo choice i'm not 100 percent sure like there, there was still clearly a a straight bias there but whatever yeah but I hey, mean, at least you get at least you get the option, right? Yeah, uh, I would prefer. So this is actually something that I would want to touch on, uh, which is not MMO related. And I realize the frozen sodium throne is usually MMO stuff, but it's not just in but, yeah. terms of romance options. Uh, I prefer my 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 preference is that there is no preference insofar as. Uh, so one of the things that pissed me off about Cyberpunk, for example, is that in Cyberpunk, if you are a if you're a girl and you're a lesbian, the only girl you have is Judy. Now Judy is also the best girl in the game, so it doesn't really matter. If you're a guy and you're straight, the only girl that you have avail availability to is Pan Am. Right? If you're a guy and you're gay, you have access to Robocop, effectively, hey. right? If you're a girl and you're straight, you have access to... Um, no, sorry. If you're a guy and you're gay, you have access to this old fucking guy. Like, the seriously old guy. If you're a girl and you're straight, Damn. you have access to robots. Dude, what the hell? Right? <laughs> An it old is, guy? Um, like, what the yeah, it's fuck? Like a, it's, it's a weird... 
like the way they've set up the romance options, they've given the NPCs. so so basically so basically if you're if you're playing cyberpunk, you're romance and and you're gay, you're you're a male gay guy. Your romance option is me. Yeah, well, not even you. <laughs> it's older than guy, me. Well, technically, he should be because Johnny Silverhand, this the guy that you have access to, is the guitarist that was in the band with Johnny Silverhand, Carrie. Okay, now mm, Johnny know. Silverhand, if I don't mistake, if I'm not mistaken, lived like fucking years and years and years ago so cyberpunk 2077 takes place in the year 2077 i believe johnny silverhand and carrie and them lived like did their shit during the uh sort of 2022 or 2023 years right so he's old right uh now because yeah. of implants and stuff like that he doesn't look as old but he is old. He's not a young guy anymore. If you're a girl and you're straight, you have access to Robocop. Uh, the problem is if you limit NPCs in terms of sexuality, you also limit player choice, yeah. which I hate. I'm, I'm far more a fan of just going, look, it's a fucking NPC. Make them whatever, right? Let the player romance the character if the player wishes to romance the character. Dude, that reminds um, me of that. Um, there was this this argument at some point, I think at GDC, where there was a lady who was defending like the rights of NPCs, where it's like, oh my God, players don't respect NPCs. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's like, <laughs> it was insanity, dude, when I was like, oh yeah, these characters, they're not just here to uh, empower you or something. It's like, you have to let the NPCs be NPCs. It was some really weird, what I was like, fuck? I was weirded out beyond belief. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? What is going I mean, on right now? <laughs> It's an like NPC. Some, They're my bitch. Yeah, That's exactly. it, it's, it's right? like the, this. This lady was just like actually standing up for the rights of NPCs, and I'm like, "What are you talking? These are literal lines of code. Like, what yeah, the they, fuck? They have no rights. They have no rights whatsoever." Because I'm reminded of your shirt, Zane Seven, right? Mass Effect. Yep. Yep. Uh, I thought so. The N7 Mass Effect chart. Nice. Okay, so in Mass Effect, this is a great example. In Mass Effect, if you are, if you're playing as female, uh, I recently, my last playthrough of it was as female Shepard because people told me there's different choices and different voice lines for for female Shep that yeah. male Shep doesn't have and then obviously vice versa. So I thought, fuck it. I've, I've only ever done male Shep. Let's try female Shep. As female Shep, you don't have access to Ashley. Ashley can be your friend, but she cannot be a love interest. Yeah. And you don't have access to Miranda. Again, Miranda, Miranda will be your can't friend, be. But she won't be Miranda. The, it doesn't do the lesbian thing. I thought she did. No, Miranda oh. is fully straight. If you want Miranda, you need to be male shape. As female, that's fine. Shape, I just, I just want the Quarian. So doesn't matter. She's the best. You wait. You like the Quarian? You like Tali? Yes, dude. What? No, I mean racist. Liara, sure. <laughs> I, no, you can't no, listen, say racist. Listen, listen because Le Liara no, has been my love interest most of the time, which is also fucking alien I'm not, lady. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not racist. I like this other alien chick. <laughs> exactly. 
Now listen, here, here's the thing, okay? Liara is just like everybody's love interest, okay? Everybody bangs yeah. Liara. She's like the village bike at this point, all right? The NPC lady <laughs> would not be pleased about what's happened to poor Liara no. at the Sony, True. okay? So it's like, I'm all about Tally. I've always liked Tally since the first one. I don't think you can romance Tally in the first one. So I banged no, Liara. You <laughs> no, you, not no, in no, the first you can, one. Yeah. In the first yeah, one? Yeah, you can. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I did. Right at the end of the game, you meet her in your cabin. No, no, no. You're, no, 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 no. For starters, so is she, that number two? she... Yes, that's number two. That's number no, two. I'm pretty sure it's number no, one. It's not. I'll have to go back and play it. I'll have to play it again. I'll have to play it again. Liara was like second choice. I was like, hey, listen, I'm banging somebody. <laughs> it's I, I mean, so to, to be fair, I have done a playthrough of of romancing almost actually every single female character in the game. I have romanced. So I have romanced. In one playthrough? No, 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 no. Okay. Not in one playthrough. I've done so I've replayed Mass Effect one, two, and three. Uh I think it's, it's over ten times now. Damn. Um but I love that fucking game. My last playthrough, I think I told you, is like my first ever 100% playthrough. Like, I did every single thing the game has to offer. Um, But I've done every single... Liara tends to be my go-to, because you don't even have to try to get Liara. No. It it just sort of fucking happens. Liara is just an absolute slut. She she will literally date you. She's like Sunday morning, man. She's easy. (laughs) Exactly. Right, so Liara, basically all playthroughs. I've done Tali, I've done Miranda, I've, I've one that I've never done is Ashley, and I still don't actually know why I've never done Ashley. So I've, my I next had, playthrough, I had the option last time. Last time I played, I had the option to engage in romance with Ashley, and I just shut that shit down. I was like, hey, no. I think I'm my loyal. I'm is, loyal to Tali, man. It's just that simple. In one, in Mass Effect one. Ashley doesn't look good at all. Like Ashley is not a good-looking character. In Mass Effect Three, on the other hand, Ashley you misogynist prick! How dare you? Yep, absolutely, bro. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, I'm a fat cunt, but I know that people are shallow because I'm shallow myself. <laughs> just embrace it, damn. Oh yeah, but no. I mean, so it was just sort of like I, I wanted to get your opinion on it because I don't um, like. Yeah. romance options limited yeah i don't i don't like the the limiting either i mean you know the more choices but i think it's also important that some characters it's like they'll be like no this character is straight period like i think that that can also be important but it should be something that can be massaged into most other characters right that's that's the way that i feel. i so my thing with if you're gonna have straight characters don't make them romanceable if you're gonna have gay characters, don't make them romanceable. So basically, those characters are. So you want every character to be bisexual? All the romantic characters. So all the characters that could be romantic options, I think, should be should bisexual. Have a, a neutral element to them. Yeah. Just okay. So so, so basically, the, they they adapt to whatever the player character is. Is what you're saying? Exactly. Yes. So. Basically, you you can keep their backstories, whichever it is, I don't, and just allow them to adapt like, to what the player wants. I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, I don't really feel strongly about this particular topic. It's like, if I can't romance her, it's whatever. Like, I would have, like, for instance, I wanted to romance Tally. 
it wasn't an option in yeah. Mass Effect One. So it's like, oh well, guess I'll bang Liara like everybody else. <laughs> I the reason I think it's important, and this is it's not important enough that I will write a game off because of it. Yeah. Because on the important scale, it's not even a one percent of something that I care about. But it is something that I see gaming companies run into time and time again. And people do get annoyed with it. So with Cyberpunk, people are super annoyed. So much so that one of the most downloaded mods for Cyberpunk... Is where you can bang is, Keanu Reeves. Well, Everybody yeah, wants well, to okay. bang Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, I, it's I, not I, even Johnny Silverhand is like, no, nah, we just want to bang Keanu Reeves, man. It uh, is what it is. <laughs> the one that I've seen most, though, is the one that allows... Uh, all characters to be romanced, regardless of your gender. Um, that's like in the top 10 of downloads, which means there people get annoyed. And I just think gaming companies, and you can sort of stretch this past almost all games and not just romance options. Whenever a game gives options, I feel like it's better to have open-ended options where you don't make an obvious option based on the outplay of any other option. So if any other option is just going to have a really bad playout, then why did you give the option for all of those other playouts, right? For all of those other uh, sort of forks that the game could take. Does that make sense? Having having a bad playout and a romantic option, like I'm I'm thinking... Not, Witcher- no, 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 I'm saying... I'm saying romantic options can be extrapolated to other decisions as well. So you'll have these games that have decisions where once you play through the different decisions, it becomes very clear that these these decisions simply existed to say we have decisions. Like three of the decisions basically brings the entire storyline to an end. Just one of them takes the storyline forward. And it's like, well, why did you even have those three other options? They... They just end the fucking storyline, you know. Uh, I can't remember what game I mean, it was, but it's there is a game where I kind of feel like that's because it's kind of like a puzzle. Your choices are like a puzzle, if you think about it. Yeah, but I feel like if you're gonna give me a puzzle, there needs to be a majority of choices that bring something interesting to the fold. Whereas a lot of games will have a decision to make, hey, say man. four options. Three it's of like, them is useless, and one is interesting. It's like real life. You go to have a conversation with a woman, you say the wrong thing, you're done. It's over. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we could be ultra-realistic as well and say that at least it is realistic. It's pretty realistic, um, man. That's just the way yeah. it goes. I mean, I, I was just sort of, one, when I saw your shot, I was reminded of the uh, romantic bend when it comes to specifically RPG games. Uh, and obviously we were talking about Star Wars Your Republic. Yeah. But I do remember you having a, a story that you wanted to tell now <laughs> for three podcasts, I think. Uh so it's, let's get into the story. It's, it's not happening, dude. It's not, it's not happening. This needs Why? to be the it needs to be the centerpiece, dude. It can't be like the footnote of the podcast. This is an important story. But okay. we can okay, talk. So- we can talk about the fresh start realms on World of Warcraft with a very natural oh, segue that we can go into. <laughs> we can go into that. Um, yeah. So Blizzard and us are doing fresh start realms for Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, how do you feel about that? 
I, I'm betting you're neutral. I'm, you I'm don't gonna care. be honest. Yeah. yeah, I could not give two fucks. Yeah, exactly. uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna play Wrath of the Lich, Lich King. King. And I think um, that that so, is an interesting topic in and of itself because, like, if I was to ask you, which one was your favorite expansion? Wrath. It's Wrath of the Lich King. If anybody was well, to ask me which one is my favorite expansion, I would say Wrath of the Lich King. And now people will ask, why aren't you guys playing Wrath of the Lich King Classic? Which brings an even bigger discussion to the table, which is yep. how do you feel about Classic? Like Classic World of Warcraft in general. Wrath of the Lich King was... Not just far... Wrath of the Lich King. No, no, no. Just like Classic I, in general. The, yeah. yeah, the point I'm trying to make is... Uh, you'll you'll see in a second rather leaching by far greatest expansion in the history of world of warcraft ever yeah when it was 20 2006 right 2007 8 i think is when wrath came out 2008 it was amazing wrath leaching is not amazing in 2021 or 2022 it's old it shows its age. I, I remember playing it back then and thinking, oh my God, that's the greatest thing ever. Nowadays, it's not great. I, why would I go back to a game that had clear flaws in 2022? Now, to be clear, I get that there's a lot of people that love the sort of old school RuneScape, the, the old school way of designing games. I'm not one of those people. I actually do like the, the new... The new things we get in video games, you know, I, I like the fact that because here's the thing as a classic player. So someone who played way back in the day, I was a writer. That's all I did. And World of Warcraft was very good to people who simply yep. raided. If you were just a writer or just a PvPer, you were having the time of your life because there was basically nothing else for anyone else but the raiders and the and the PvPers. But I'm no longer that. So what I would do in Wrath of the Lich King is what? Dailies? More dailies? Hey, man, those Argent dailies? Tournament dailies were amazing, dude. <laughs> I will give them that. The, like, Wrath had some pretty insane dailies. But we also have to remember, if you're going to do dailies for a year on end, yeah, would you want to do the, the, the Argent Tournament dailies for a year on end? No, I wouldn't. No one would, right? And yeah. so my that's sort of my only reason for not... I get that there's some people that are excited for it and I don't want to take away that excitement, right? I want you to be able to play whatever you want to play. Yeah. But for me, I appreciate what that game was when it was current. And I, I don't think there is ever going to be an MMO that comes close to the brilliance that was Wrath of the Lich King. For its time... It would be sort of like me it's saying, not, um, sorry, yeah? I was going to say, it's not just about it being for its time. To me, it's more, and, and to me, this is the whole thing about classic, which I don't understand uh, people kind of wanting to go back to classic. It's it's kind of weird to me as someone who did play classic and I played Burning Crusade, I played Wrath of the Lich King and all of this stuff, right? And it's like- yeah. It's really hard for me to understand because, like, I get it. There's nostalgia there. There's all of these things. And in a way, the original classic, that was almost a little bit of appeal to me because I got into classic at the tail end, 
right at the tail yeah. not classic vanilla i get into vanilla at the tail end and then i was just like into burning crusade and off we go so yeah there was a little bit of appeal to me there because i hadn't necessarily figured out the entirety of the game but when yeah. you think about the amount of hours that people have spent the you know the the amount of information that is already available to you mm-hmm. it's a figured out game like world yeah. of warcraft classic it's a figured out game for the most part like you know where the loot it's, is you know what is the most they, efficient they way of doing things which is why the player base kind of evolved into the most degenerate ways of playing the video game which is just like okay let's just yeah. pay gold to a mage we'll aoe burn literally every th- every instance down in seconds and we'll just make yep. tons and tons of exp no problem whatsoever mages just getting like fat off of that just getting like chunks and chunks of gold and then you get into the burning crusade and again it's completely figured out and you know exactly what the quest pathing is that you have to do to get to the highest level as fast as possible you know what your best in slot gear already is because it's all registered in the database yep. already and simmed to hell and back and you know the strategies of the bosses already there's a million yep. videos out there explaining to you the strategy how to get down Kael'thas and everything else and you're gonna get the wrath of the lich king and it's the exact same thing like it, yeah. it's it's a figured out game and i kind of feel that that is fundamentally the problem it's not just necessarily mm-hmm. oh it was a great game back then it's not a great game back now it's more so it was a great game back then because pe- nobody knew what they were doing and that is the yeah. fun part and that is why i'm so against the ptr because basically blizzard is pumping out figured out games when it comes to it yeah like because Shadowlands came out. It was a figured out game. People knew exactly where they had to go. Zygar Guides was fully updated and good to go. People were skipping the cinematics. Just like, boom, 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 five hours. I'm at max level and I'm grinding dungeons and doing all of these things. People already had the roots on some of the dungeons when it came to like the most efficient pathing and the best way to get loot. You already knew which items you needed to get. For the best stuff in your class, you knew which covenant you needed to be because you got a wowhead and it's like, oh, here it is. If you want to be a protection warrior, you got to be a Kirin. You want to be a protection paladin for Mythic Plus, got to be a Kirin. Want to be a protection paladin for raids, you got to be a the, the, the Rivendreth, whatever the hell. Venthyr, yeah, the Rivendreth. I don't even know where I got that. Was that the name of their place, Rivendreth? Rivendreth is zone. Venthyr okay. is the... The, you, uh, you need to be one of the vampire boys. And it's like everything was figured out and that sucks. And that's the problem with the PTR, which is why I keep saying yeah. you can't have the content in the PTR. You, you can't do it. You got to figure some other way of doing it so that when the game comes out, it is not mm-hmm. figured out. So it's like, I'm never going to be interested in playing the classic uh, versions of the game because yeah. it's like, I've done that. And I'm not interested in doing it again. Like there's, there would be some motivation if like, if I had my old raid group, they'd be like, Hey, let's go in and experience the thing again. That'd be one thing. But even then it's like, okay, we'll go in there. We'll do the raids once. And then what? We're going to grind it. No, we're not going to grind the raids again. We did. We spent countless hours on that bullshit already all those years ago. Why would you want to do it again? I think the only raid that I would go back for just cause it was so much fun the first time around. It's well, ICC, ICC but I don't know if I'll go back for ICC. I did it's ICC. War. I did ICC for a long ass fucking time, right? <laughs> and uh, I I remember wiping for almost two three months on uh you know uh, Arthas uh, on heroic on twenty five man. It was yeah. fucking difficult. 
Um, in fact, we found it more difficult on Tain Man than we did on 25 Man, but you know that's besides the point. Um, but I would probably go back for Naxxramas. Oh, Naxxramas. Yeah, Nax was such a blast from the past, but yeah. also quite cool fight. You know, like uh, the first patchwork ever, like the thing that made patchwork. You mean the training dummy? Patchwork, (laughs) yeah. Um, That was fun. I I don't care what anyone says. That was a fun fucking raid. The four horsemen, right? Four horsemen Um, was great, yeah. So I would, I would probably go back for Nax if I were to go back for anything. Um, Ulduar, maybe to a lesser extent, still one of the greatest raids ever designed. Um, but again, because I, because I didn't progress a lot on max by the time I reached max level and was ready to raid, uh, I think Ulduar had already come out. So I basically did max, um, I think three or four times in my entire playthrough of Wrathwish. Since then I've done it a lot more times, but yeah, I, I, so at the time, obviously, didn't have the greatest internet, but I had an even worse PC. So my PC get, got two frames per second in raids. Two frames a second, which is... I mean, let's be unplayable. real. You were playing a warlock. It's not like you need more than that. Uh, dude, uh, two <laughs> frames a second? <laughs> Come on, dude. You're playing a so, warlock. Just put your dots up and don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Dude, let me, let me, <laughs> let me explain to you how fucked things got for me. So whenever I was in Dalaran, yeah, I could not run into a shop in Dalaran just straight up run in, like fluidly, uh, because my frames were too bad. By the time I would turn to try and get into the opening, I would already be past the shop. So what I would do is I would run, then stop, then turn, then sort of shuffle to the side until I've lined up the door myself, and then I would run in like, because I only like had two frames. Like a person second. trying to get back in his home, he's like, you know, gonna turn around exactly. now, gonna go inside, <laughs> then hit the wall. Oh, damn it! <laughs> exactly. And at the time, I was so fucking stupid. My entire screen was filled with add-ons. Like yes. I had every single add-on in the fucking game, dude. If you were playing the game right, dude. That's the way to do it. <laughs> it wasn't until much later. So when I Friggin finally subscription got to-, to curse, get Overwolf in there too. Let's go, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I got to Cataclysm. And that was the first time that I started realizing, wait, this is not how you're supposed to write you should actually be able to see your fucking screen, right? <laughs> and you should actually be able to see the majority of your screen. So I got rid of most of my add-ons thing. But yeah, I, I just thought it was so cool to be able to do add-ons. And uh, I had scroll wheel add-ons. Like, like you, you know those wheels that you get in Fallout games where you sort of bring it up with, say, control or tab, and then you can choose to quickly change weapons or uh, those wheels. I had an add-on oh, like that no. for WoW. For my my pots and my health stones and my oh, stuff, so I God. just hit control and I would fucking be able to use these things. And I thought it was so cool <laughs> until I realized, dude, that's not how you play the game. No, nope. that's not how you play the game. Uh, not if you want to play good. Like, if you if you just don't give a fuck, you can play whichever way you want. But if you want to be actually good, that's not how you're supposed to play. Uh, and even with all those add-ons, I still managed to take down uh, the Lich King on heroic. So 
Yeah. I I guess skill uh helped me a little there. But no, I'm I'm genuinely not So if you asked me from a philosophical standpoint, how do I feel about the wipe? Um not great. Because it's not a it's wipe. Almost... It's not like they're wiping it. It's not like every realm is fresh. Fresh realms are an option. I don't, but that's the thing. I, I don't know how many people are going to take it up. Like, How many people are going to go for a fresh if realm? I, if I was going to play, I'd play on a fresh realm because you got to understand, not everybody came back for the Burning Crusade, but like you and me, there's a lot of people that Wrath of the Lich King would be their favorite thing. Like, for instance, Belular. Belular, I think, is considering going on a fresh realm, if I'm not mistaken. My issue with this is if you didn't come back for, like, say, TBC, it would still be faster for you to go from your 60 in vanilla to 70 in TBC and then jump over to, eight, uh, to, no. to 80 for Wrath. Is it? Yeah, of course it would be faster. No, because you level up faster in Wrath. You level up faster in Wrath than you do in, in vanilla. You not do much though. No, like, no, no. It's a lot. It's a lot faster. Trust me. How f how much faster could it be? Because the 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 original vanilla experience got fixed in TBC. They didn't add anything for the vanilla experience in Wrath. Like you basically, it would. No, I'm pretty sure in Wrath it took you the exact same amount of time going from vanilla to TBC into Wrath. Pretty sure. I don't think I don't so. Remember I, I remember leveling major, a lot of. I remember leveling a lot of alts during Wrath, and it was not a big problem at all to level them. Because, like, I had one of each tank during Wrath, with the exception of Druids, because who the hell wants to look at a bare ass all day? Yeah, but you could already do that in TBC. The only expansion where that was actually a problem was in the original vanilla. Because in the original vanilla, there wasn't enough quests to actually get you to max level. So there would be those weird moments where you so you're saying just people should just ton of mobs. you're saying people should just like level up on tbc and then but the the, the problem is also um I think so the um the inflation of gold like you know because people have been grinding gold for so long that stuff is just going to be overly expensive in the existing realms I mean, but that's going to happen anyways even on the fresh realms look people have figured out yeah, it's, it's a figured out game, but like I said, at least it gives you the illusion of, uh, okay, it's going to be balanced at least for a little bit when you start out because everybody's starting out fresh. I think it makes sense. I actually if think Blizzard, it makes sense. No, I don't care about it at all, I, but I do yeah. feel like if I wanted to play Wrath, considering that I didn't play Vanilla, I didn't play Burning Crusade, I'd want to play on a fresh realm. That's what I'm getting no, at. No, I, I, would, I would start on a fresh realm because yeah, exactly. my See? fucking main on Vanilla my main on the vanilla realm is level 34. So I so you, you did play classic. Literally up until level 34 on stream. <laughs> and then I went, yeah, fuck this. This was fun. <laughs> right? Um, 34, what so, dungeon yeah, is would, that? What what What's the last dungeon that you have access to? I'm just oh curious. What God. dungeon did you a, stop at? I didn't do that, a single dungeon. Isn't 30-something uh, would have been Gnomeregan? You're like, yeah, Gnomeregan, gnomes, well, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. That's it. I'm I'm horde, obviously. So uh Nomragon wouldn't have been a dungeon for me. You can you can do Nomragon as a horde, can't you? Uh yeah, if you want to run through all the alliance. Dunmoreau, yeah. In order to get to Dunmoreau, dude, and have some fun. 
I the, would rather the not. dwarves will it's say like, hi. <laughs> it's like back in the day, whenever people went, "Hey, let's go do stockades," and it's like, "Okay, yeah, well, corpse run away to the fucking because <laughs> you do get slaughtered." Go to, go to the stockades. Town, right? it's yeah, stockades. It'll be fun. Um, <laughs> I I remember doing it as well. Like you would basically get killed shortly after entering Stormwind. And then you'd ghost run up until where the max distance from like your corpse you that you could raise again. And then you raise, and then you try and get as far as possible again. You die, you raise, you die, you raise, you die. Until like you, you deserve, like a filthy horde that you are, you deserve <laughs> to get butchered on your way to the stockades. But what's interesting is the Alliance never came to Ogrimmar to, Rezor, to run out. It's, isn't it Razor Fan Razor, Downs? I think it's Razor yeah, Fan Downs. Some, yeah. Some shit like that. Yeah, because your remember. dungeon was ass, dude. Nobody wants to run that dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I probably start on a fresh round because, you know, I, I don't have that much invested in any of the other realms. Yeah. Um, moreover, See, I would love if Blizzard would let go of this bullshit hashtag no changes thing and actually make changes for the better. So to try and make the game more like it used to be. A, a good example of this would be to basically nerf all gold and gold acquisition within the game. I mean, you know to that point. You know that yeah. Wrath Classic doesn't actually have the group finder. They took it out. Yeah. But are you talking about the remake or are you talking about the the? Oh, I did. I know. I remember the article where they sort of said they're removing the group finder the group because finder, yeah. uh, they're trying to. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, actually, what made it interesting for me is that Blizzard seems to have identified the exact same thing that I've identified, which is uh, what I always tell my viewers. I loved Wrath of the Lich King, but I'm also not uh, blind to the fact that Wrath of the Lich King was the start of a lot of problems for World of Warcraft. Yeah. Because in Wrath of the Lich King, we had the group finder, and group finder would ultimately become looking for raid. So a lot of the bad choices for World of Warcraft can be traced back to Wrath. Yeah, and the things we did in Wrath. I used so, to love. I used to love Group Finder. Uh, nowadays, I don't know exactly how I feel about it. It's kind of weird because, like, you know, obviously I used Group Finder in fourteen, and back when Guild Wars two came out, it was my biggest complaint. Is like this game does not have a Group Finder. Game sucks. I can't do the dungeons. But the worst part <laughs> is you still can't do the dungeons, and they've put in like this weird fractal system that made it even harder for you to get groups because. Now, not only there's these special fractal dungeons, they're spread into yeah. different levels. It's almost like Mythic Plus, right? It's like, yeah. except it goes up until like infinity. It's like, okay, I'm looking for a group for fractals 34. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm in fractal 16. <laughs> it's like, what? Fuck. Yeah, they fucked it up real. And there wasn't a group finder back then. Now there's a group finder. I don't know how it works for that stuff, but I yeah. Mean, I, I have no idea, but I mean, I don't I don't I don't mind group finder. I think group finder is fine. I think the way uh group finders implement in the world of Warcraft is is not as great. But more importantly, uh so if they did the Final Fantasy one where you don't choose who joins you joins your group, if you form a group and there are other people looking for that dungeon, they just get autofold based on what you need. I think that would have been a better group finder, all, in, uh, all, I mean, all things considered. But uh, 14 also has party finder, which is uh, 
basically you can form a party the same way that you do stuff for like, oh, I'm going to form a group for Mythic Plus or something like that. You can do the same thing in 14 where it's like, okay, we're doing like Savage something and then people can apply Mm -hmm. for your group. So you can do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but I I, I haven't seen that one yet. The party finder that I've used is literally just the one I say what I want. Yeah, you're using the duty finder actually. Yeah. But the, if you yeah. if you go, there's actually an interface that you can already access even at your level because you yeah, can yeah, access the this super party early. finder. Party finder, yeah, it's a different yeah, thing I, from you, the duty I, finder. Yeah, but I use party finder all the time during streams because whenever I do the 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 raids in FF14, oh, you uh, just get people finder. to come in from your chat, yeah. yeah, yeah. But again, it's the same sort of thing. You list all the prerequisites that you want. So, for example, you'll tell the party finder, I want people who have completed this before, right? And then I want people of X item level, and I want to do it for XYZ reason. And from there, you don't get to see who wants to join your group. They just automatically come oh, yeah, into yeah. the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, then- I get what you mean now, yes. Yeah, yeah. And and that's sort of, I think, a better system because in WoW, you get to see who wants to join and you get to choose who joins your party. The issue with that is Raider it almost IO. always Raider boils IO, down bro? to... Exactly. <laughs> Raider IO and Aether level. That's what people look for. So it excludes so many people that actually could do the dungeon or would like to do the dungeon from being able to get groups uh, in, a, in a timely fashion. It's like what, so what I, happens I like- in Party Finder is that at least usually people will give it a go. It's like, okay, this guy's got the right item level. He's, he's either done it before or he says that he watched the video or whatever. Let's give it a go. And at least you can see, okay, this went okay. We can work with this. Or, oh my God, this was terrible. Yep, let's all just leave and do it again. <laughs> but at least there's yeah, I, a shot. Whereas in World of War, yes. you don't even get the shot. It's like, no, nah. hey, dude, your exactly. Raider IO is too low. It's like, I started playing today. Sucks to be you, bro. See ya. <laughs> it's like, it's that simple. Hey. I've never done this dungeon, but I've seen the roots. I've seen all the things. Don't care. Your Raider.io sucks. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> in Final Fantasy, at least, if you selected the option as the group leader, that people who sign up have to have completed this before, you know that every single person that is being auto-filled into your group have done this before because you have that ticked. Therefore, no one who has not done that yet even saw that you look, look for that you were looking for a group because their system is just, in my opinion, better optimized to pair players with other players that want the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like in WoW, that is not the case. The system is built from the ground up to exclude, uh, well, it's, it's, just, it's an exclusionary system, right? And, and it sort of plays into that arrogance of the gamers where, and this happens so much in WoW, right? People are arrogant because I have a, a higher uh, Raider IO score than you or my item level is higher than you, therefore I won't play with you. Uh, I've seen people, and I, I fucking kid you not, I've seen people for heroic dungeons, this is baseline heroic dungeons, <laughs> exclude 
people with an item level of, say, 150, which is well and truly enough to do an heroic because someone signed up with a 211 item level. And I'm like, dude, you don't need to oh, fuck with 211 God, item levels. Dude. Like, the guy with 150 imagine, needs this dungeon. Imagine like, caring about heroics, dude. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? They care oh uh, because God. they care because they can, right? That's the thing. Now, granted, granted, the groups that I see this in are usually groups that that is doing achievement runs. Um, you know, so they want achievements within their. Okay, if but you want achievements, then, uh, but yeah. even then, do you need someone of two hundred and eleven item levels in order to do the achievement? What's the fucking point? Like someone with 170 item levels will probably be able to do the achievement just the same because he is also over gearing the content. Um, so ridiculous. But that's the issue with WoW, right? Its entire system is based on this superiority complex where, you know, if you're not good enough, you're not allowed to play with us. Or if you don't and already know everything, which is actually, dude, that's one of the things that I would love to see. I would love to see a World of Warcraft where all the information is not there. So just to oh, see yeah. if all of these people that are like all elitists about, oh, my, get all my gear, do all my research. Like the moment they don't have the material to do all of that research, just how good of player are you? Just how good are you actually at reading, you know, a boss, figuring out the moveset? How good are you at reading like the stats on gear and figuring out what actually works for your character without simming yeah. it or something like, how good are you really? Or are you just like good at Google? It's like, that's it. I'm really good at Google, bro. Like, that's... The, come on. How good are yeah. you, really? That's what I'd like to see. But that's, I've uh, been... I've, I have a theory uh, that things like videos, you know, uh, the, the videos that people watch, the class, uh, the guides, the boss guides, hmm? I actually believe that boss guides make raiders wipe more. Yeah. Um. I, I believe that things like boss mods is what makes people wipe more. Yeah. Because when you've watched, and I, I saw this in my own guild uh, back in the day when we were raiding Hardcore Mythic. Um, people would watch the video, right? And this was actually, the best example I have for this is Killrog. So all the way back in uh, Water to Drain All, Killrog considered to be one of the easiest bosses in the world. Like, everyone should be able to do it. Every single boss guide for Killrog suggests that uh, all of the people that go on the platform that kill those eyes and get the buff come down and kill all of the ads, right? Those ads that Killrog sort of pulls themselves, the eyes and stuff like that, they kill those and the rest of the people go on Killrog. So the rest of your raid group kills Killrog and the people with the buffs, they kill all of the ads, right? Uh, that spawn in the fight because if an ad reaches Killrog, he does crazy AOE and eventually wipes the group. We wipe three weeks on Killrog. Three fucking weeks. Because every single time we have a player that is uh, going in, so hunters and stuff like that, they want to pad, right? Because they have all these great fucking numbers. So they also want to cost shit on the boss. They don't just want to hit the ads. They also want to cost. So the ads keep hitting uh, Killrock and we keep dying. So after three weeks, I pull my raid leader down into the officer channel. I'm like, okay, listen here. 
I'm going to suggest something now. And I didn't want to do it in front of the right group because, uh, you know, don't want to step on your toes. You're the right leader. I'm the guild leader. So here's the thing. We're going to change the fucking tactics. The people that go into the, they go onto the platform, they hit kill rock. Yep. Everyone else kills the fucking ads. Like that's it. Everyone else focuses on the ads. It's only the people that go on the platform that kill kill rock. We killed it in two pools. Yeah. Two pulls after that. It's like the, the we, problem with, with guides is that people don't understand that like a guide doesn't work for everybody. You have to recognize your players. Like, and I've been progging um, the current tier of Savage in 14, and we actually finished it last week for the first time. We cleared the entirety of the tier. Um, and one of the things that we've noticed is that because we weren't looking up guides, we're actually progging, like blind progging for the yeah. most part. Uh, unless we get stuck like on a mechanic, then okay, let's look up what this mechanic's about because we can't figure it out, right? But even yeah. then, we come up with strategies that would work for our team. So like our strategy yes. for P1S was wildly different from the strategy that people were doing in Party Finder. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, here's this schematic that tells you exactly what you got to do. Whereas we were like, mm -hmm. no, nah, we'll just eat a couple of these debuffs and it'll be fine. It's simpler. It's easier. We'll just eat these debuffs and it's whatever. So yeah. we did a lot of stuff like that, which simplified the strategy. And, so, and it wasn't mm -hmm. the most efficient way thing possible, but we got the clears no matter what. We'd get the clears. Yeah. We'd, we'd go through P1S, P2S, P2S again, different strategies. P3S, wildly yeah. different strategies than what people are doing. And even P4S, to an extent, we're doing like different strategies and different timings and stuff like that because yep. it's what works for our group and you got to adapt. And people are just like, no, yeah. it's one size fits all and everybody's got to do this strategy. This is what this boss guide says. And everybody does it exactly like yeah. it says on the boss guide. No differences whatsoever. And it's, yeah. it's like, come on, dude. I mean, uh, so... I can tell you now, almost every single guide that exists in World of Warcraft is made by groups that are incredibly good yeah. at what they do. Their players tend to be high-caliber players, uh, for which this works. I remember back in uh, the Firelands days, so this is even back in Cataclysm, that was the first time I made any sort of World of Warcraft videos, and... Um, I tried my hand at four different videos, realized my internet was way too shit because my videos kept failing to upload, and then I just gave up. Um, and I didn't I didn't stop making content again until like the age of 32 um, when I had internet to do that. But I made a couple of guides about Firelands where I was teaching people how to kill Ragnaros. And I realized, I, I went back the other day and I re-watched those videos and I realized the only reason we could do Ragnaros in the way that we were doing it is because, well, we had incredibly good players. Yeah. Like our tactic, if any other guild did what we did, they would probably not be able to kill it. Because we had one mage that was absolutely incredible at getting slow fall on people at the right time so that they don't actually end up dying. We had a hunter that knew how to disengage. We had me as the warlock that could absolutely use all of my uh, portals and stuff like that in order to get out of trouble. If you didn't have that and you followed our tactics, you would literally wipe every single time because people would keep dying from the knockup. Um, yep. And that's because, and that's why I hate 
these guides because I think guides limit people's own creativity because you've seen how, how someone told you this is how it's supposed to be done. Now you're going to try with all your might to fit into that little box of what Even someone told you. Even if it doesn't you. make sense for you, yeah. Even if your group composition doesn't work exactly the same, because this is another thing that most people don't keep in mind. And luckily, a lot of the guide makers nowadays do do this, but a lot of people don't keep this in mind. Your group composition will also influence your tactic. Yep. If, if you have four mages, you're going to be able to do a lot more things than a group with one mage is going to be able to do. Or if you have a warrior tank and a paladin tank, it's going to be very different to having a druid or a DK tank. Because yeah. again, different things that different people can do and excel at. It's like one of the uh, one of the things that I remember uh, in in recent P4S is, is like we had to run at a certain time, but people are spread all over the arena, so it's like mm -hmm. okay, so we needed time to make sure that these things explode at this exact time. And I, I didn't watch the strategy or anything like that. I was just looking at it and I'm like, okay, so look, here's the deal. The boss, he's got like a big red circle around him. That's like the targeting reticule. Here's what you do. Stand on the red circle. That way when you move, everybody moves at the exact same distance every single time. So just stand on the red circle and get ready to move. And whenever Easy. you have to move, move. Everybody's going to be at the exact same time. And the thing's going to explode at the exact same time for everybody. It's all about just yeah. like looking at the, the, the tools that the game gives you and being like, okay, mm. we can do it like this and boom, done. And it's figured out. And you don't exactly. have to look up a guide. You just like study but the mechanics and figure it out. That's exactly it. If if you watch a guide, you're almost definitely going to be limited to what you're yeah. willing to do because the guide told you differently. And if the guide could do it this way, why can't you do it? So you end up wiping a hundred more times than what you need to if you just went in blind and just figured it out. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of guides. I, I agree with you that I think so first and foremost, yes, the PTR for World of Warcraft does do a lot of harm in terms of allowing more harm to be than good before the game. Absolutely, uh, because the game still launches bugged as fuck, so they may as well remove the PTR anyways. Yeah, but just in terms of the uh, like, guides, do not help either. the The new meta, especially for World of Warcraft, I feel like World of Warcraft is definitely the most active YouTube game in the world. Um. Like in terms of guides and people figuring shit out and because uh, Minecraft be, yeah. will have videos, but it's usually just fun videos. People are yeah. having fun in the game. Wow, on the other hand, almost every video is a job, right? It's someone telling you how you can do certain things. And wow is just so active with that. The issue is it destroys the, the whole point of a video game. You know, video games are supposed yeah, to be figure, figuring it out because the, the worst part is that when a video is up, Everybody expects you to have watched that video. Nobody wants to do blind prog unless you have like a pre-made group or something there where everybody's agreed to do blind prog. And it's it's yeah. terrible because like nobody wants to learn or figure things out. They're just like, nope, I've seen the solution online. I know exactly how to solve the problem. This is how you do it. Go watch this video right here and then join my yep. group and we'll 100% get it done. And it's like, dude, that's like assembling a puzzle where it gives you the position of all of the parts is like, Hey, this part yeah. goes on the top, right? This one's the part that goes to the left of the top. Like there's a description. You just turn the part around. It's like, Oh, this part goes on the top section, number 34, whatever. You're like, Oh, I already know where this one goes. It's like, gee, the whole point of it is to figure out the puzzle and to have a good time doing it. And people but are just like, no, 
I'm just going to watch a video and be done. Boom. But it's actually worse because it is a puzzle which all the pieces tell you exactly where, where it needs to go, but the pieces are changing consistently. So just because the piece tells you that it had to go in section C, block 30, doesn't mean that that's where it has to go now. When you picked it up, it actually had to go in block D, uh, number 28. And you're going to have to keep trying to put it in block C, number 30, until it finally hits the image again that puts it in block E, uh, block C, uh, or section C, block 30. Yeah. That's the issue. And that's why so many people wipe for months on the same content because they keep trying to fit this puzzle piece into section C block 30, but because the puzzle is always changing, that piece does not fit there right now. So you have to wait for those. And you hear this very often in guilds. Uh, we had this perfect pull where everything went just right. It's like, yeah, because that's how that other fucking guild did it, right? The, the guys that did the guide, they also had that perfect pull. The difference is because of how their guild or their raid composition was and because of the skill of their players, their your perfect pull was their general pull, right? It generally went out that way for them. Whereas you kept trying to screw yourself on your general pulls, waiting for this absolute perfect pull that, that happened once and then you're wiping again on the reclear because your people don't actually know how to do the fight. They just know how to do the fight on the perfect pull. Yeah. Um, it, it's like anyways, people, people, people will not adapt. That's something that I, that I notice as well every now and then is like, cause you can, yeah. if, if you're a decent player, you can adapt. It's like, okay, situations changed. I need to do this now mm -hmm. to adapt. And whereas a lot of people are like, no, nah, it's, it's different. It's not like it was in the video. We got to wipe it. It's like, there's no solution. It's all over. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Exactly. But anyway, Anyways, guys, that is yeah, uh, we can probably. We about this forever. Yeah, we can talk about this forever. <laughs> so we're going to be calling it here. Uh, two hours and 20 minutes. It's not too bad. It's a little bit shorter than last time where we just Next like. Next week is the story. <laughs> Next week is the story. <laughs> Dude, it's gonna be a genius story, and I'm gonna need your help to tell. It's gonna be great. But uh, yeah, right, we'll we we'll do we'll do the special wow story that I have in mind. Um, oh but yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that. I think it'll be interesting. It's never gonna happen, but it will be interesting. But anyways, that's gonna be <laughs> it for now, guys. Thank you all very much for watching. If you guys enjoyed, like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Echelon's links in the description. We'll see you guys in the next one. Stay strong. Stay safe. Peace out. Peace.